the Washington Commanders or the Las Vegas Raiders are the worst teams in the NFL. Is that a hot take? This early into the season, let's just be honest. The Commanders have Carson Wentz, and they are trash. They have good players. Quarterback aspect isn't there. Las Vegas Raiders complete let fucking down. Okay, they have Devontae Adams now. They paired him with fucking Derek Carr. They obviously went to college together. I believe it was Fresno State. Like, this is an underperforming team. Am I wrong? Uh, I would say, yeah. I mean, the Raiders for sure aren't the first team that comes to mind. I'd say Seattle. I'd say that they're kind of a laughing stock. Um, and I'm curious to see what this Raiders-Broncos line is, McKay, because I'm not feeling too confident as a Broncos fan. I, I think the Raiders are going to be all right. But, um, yeah, I, 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 to, to say that two games into the season that they're the worst team ever, it's kind of a hot take in my opinion. I mean, just the worst team in the NFL right now up until this point. Up until this point, okay, potentially. You know, big letdown. Like, Devontae and Carr, I think they're going to be cooking the rest of the season. We're talking about Devontae Adams, guy. You've seen Rodgers without him. Romeo Dubes, is is he the next Devontae? Like, I don't know. I think his talent shows through Carr. I think, what, if you go back to Fresno State College, I think it's 17 straight games. Carr and Adams have connected for a touchdown now. So that's pretty damn impressive. That's some Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford shit right there. You look at the Titans, they hardly lost to them. I don't think there's any shot that they're going to be the worst team. Now, Carson Wentz is – he's out of his league. He's done. I, I don't. I, I think he is the worst quarterback in the whole entire league, if you want to give that a hot take. I think there's not one person that comes to his level of just shit. There's <laughs> no direction. He's done. He's had his time. I think he's, he's seen it all. He's on a bad team. I think he's just – he's given it, but – I don't think the Raiders, they, they got some room to grow car. Yeah. I, I believe in Derek. I think he's got, I think he's got something there. Yeah, Max, I agree. I think Carr is underrated, but Hey man, talking shit about Carson Wentz on the right podcast, Carson farts, Carson stinks the past two, three years. This guy fucking sucks, but I will give him his props. He's put up some points and scored some touchdowns way more than I would have thought ever capable to his talent. So <laughs> Uh, but McKay, I'd agree. I think the Redskins are definitely, or excuse me, the Washington football team are in trouble this year, especially with Wentz leading the ship. Well, I appreciate you guys' take. We're going to dive a little more into this as we get rolling with the show tonight. But with that, welcome everyone to Degenerates Talk Sports. I'm your host, McKay Armbrust, here with my co-host and special guest tonight, Quentin Bradbury, along with Max Rhodes. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here, boys. Oh, hey. Of course. Always a pleasure, my guy. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to kick this off, boys. This is uh, – I'm really excited to get a third person, get a little uh, a little spice going, get a little of extra opinion into our pod. Um, but with that, dude, we're going to get it kicked off like we normally do. I'm going to kick it off over to you. We'll give a quick rundown, and then we'll talk about the best thing we saw. Hell yeah, brother. Going to be a good pod. We got a new opinion coming in, a new degenerate joining the crew for tonight. But we're going to start off, per usual, best thing we saw in sports this week. Then we're going to hop over to the sports segment, then fly over to the business segment, which is juicy tonight. I already know it's juicy because McKay always brings the heat with that. And then we're going to end with our degen bet segment. So, McKay, 
Who's starting segment one this week? Best thing that we saw in sports this week. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. I saw, I think, one of the most amazing catches this week in NFL. And I think you guys all saw it too. Was it the Sunday night game? Thursday night. Pickens. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. The Thursday. Yeah. So that was just incredible catch, right? We haven't seen one of those catches in a long time. They're comparing that to Odell. So, um, like not like we'll dive more into it later, but like none of the games really surprised me, I guess, this week. Maybe like the Panthers we'll talk about it later, but like but other than that, I'll just say that was the best thing I saw this week. All right, and I definitely want to lead off to you with you're not surprised about that Chiefs game this week. Oh, it's okay, we'll talk uh, about it. We'll we'll talk about we'll talk about it later, my guy. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give two things that I saw this week. Number one is kind of uh, silver lining. Best thing I saw was the Broncos winning 11 to 10 over the 49ers. I mean, the score. What in the? I mean, you could have bet 50 cents on that game to win. You know, to guess that last score. I I looked at it. It would have paid you out. $150,000 $150,000 with a 50 set bet. The odds were insane. It just, that, that's what I'm going to start doing. Like, why not? Have you seen the scores lately? They have been, there were 11 out of, I think there were 11 games that were in a nine point stretch th- this weekend. Like every score is in between that score. And I'm loving it. I think the games are great, but sorry continue on no forever. no bro you're good great great point to make and i i want to kind of echo off that a little bit it's only the second time in nfl history in the past two decades that we've had an 11 to 10 game the last time that that happened was 2010 so 50 cents to pay 150k who the fuck's laying that down i want to see the ticket if you did it you're an absolute genie a time traveler but that's what i got for the first thing mckay second thing actually happened tonight about two three hours ago aaron judge Hit his 61st bomb to tie Maris, man. Dude, this is a record that has lasted 70 years, McKay. You know, we're talking about Mickey Mantle. You're witnessing history, right? We're talking about Mickey Mantle on the field the last time that we saw 61 bombs. And this is a clean player, too. This is a non-steroid player, which is even more amazing. We could talk about Barry Bonds. It's a completely different subject. But this guy turned down... $450 $450 million to start the season, okay? And he's great, don't get me wrong, but when you got that type of money in your face and you decline it, you better have a hell of a year, you know, if you want more money than what you're getting right there. And this guy's going to win potentially the Triple Crown, just tied the home run record for the AL 61. He's going for 62 tomorrow. I'm going to be tuning in. This has been great watching this race. This is great for baseball. It's just great all around for the game, bro, the history. I'm loving it, man. He absolutely clobbered a pitch into the bullpen. Nobody caught it. The ball would have went for over 200000 is what people What a shame. Did you see the look on that man's face after oh, yeah. he was <laughs> – did you see the comment if this man just would have been a few inches taller? He's like a five-foot, you know, three guy. He's like a short dude. And you could just see his arms were just so short. I mean – yeah, I mean that was a catch of what you say it was going to go for hundreds yeah, of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah, and instead it ends up in the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, and it's oh, it's property of 
MLB Hall of Fame now. So it's just going to sit in a fucking museum with the fat cats. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm just waiting to see where 62 lands and how fans are trampling over each other to try and get that thing. Because that's a million-dollar ball, man. We're how much home run record would you pay for the ticket? As in going to the game knowing you have a chance. What do you think the value of that ticket is to, to be in that type of a seat? What would you pay? $1,000. You would pay $1,000. I'm sit. saying it could get – oh, oh, to see the – It's like I was, what, what, do you, what would you put up with the chances of you catching that? How much would you pay to have a ticket on those seats in, in, in that area? No, that's that's a really good question, Max. And I'm curious to see, you know, there's what, seven, eight games left this season. I'm curious to see if those stadiums are going to raise the prices of those tickets. Because, you know, you got guys like – Zach Campbell, if you're familiar, guy devotes his life to catching home run balls, tramples over little kids to just get fucking home runs that don't matter just to add to his thousands of ball collection. Like, yeah, man, I, I, that's a very good question. And personally, man, I would pay probably three, four hundred dollars if I have a legitimate chance of catching it, you know, in right field or something. It's like winning like a lottery. I mean, you're just, you're just gambling for it. That's all you're doing. You know what a lovely part is, too? Kids going to the baseball games, bringing their gloves. Everybody's making fun of them. But we were all there. We, we all loved it. But now you see these dads, these 50-year-old men, all with their gloves at these games now, just loving it, just hoping to catch that ball. I lo- like We want that all year. Just bring it back. It doesn't have to just be for these money balls. Come, dads, bring your gloves. We want to see it out there. It looks great. <laughs> I agree 100%. And I'm loving having a degenerate that can talk a little baseball with me. McKay said he was going to get a little more involved. He did. I give you your props. You know, you, you brought up the fight, the bullpen fight this year, you know. and But, uh, yeah, Max, loving that baseball talk, my guy. What's the best thing that you saw in sports this week, though? Titans hope. We have some Tennessee Titans hope. I'm, I'm from Nashville, if you didn't know. So we've had a uh, pretty rough start coming in 0-2. They bring in Derrick Henry, give him the ball a little bit. I think he had maybe 85 yards, nothing too important, but they let him have it. Tannehill's looking good, but I thought to open up the segment, I thought we were going to be the worst team in the league this year based off of our couple games that we came at. We just looked, we looked nasty. We, we weren't together. We weren't gelling. We looked good this year, uh, at least against the Raiders, which we, we put them up as one of the worst teams in the league. So who knows? What will go down, but um, I do want to make one other point. Titans are great, but hitting on Lamar Jackson, the performance this man has had in the past two weeks is incredible. Now, one, I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm I'm a very satisfied person right now. But two, 39, 38 points consecutive weeks. Like, what are we – insane. I mean, he looks great. He's running his ass off. He's throwing well. He's playing smart. He's gelling with the team. I'm enjoying it. He, he's fun to watch right now. So those are my uh, those are my two takes. Love it. And real quick, McKay, before I uh, kick it back over to you to start segment two, I just wanted to add a little Tennessee Titan fact myself. Uh, Derrick Henry's catching the ball now. He's a wide receiver in a sense, man. I think he was targeted six, seven times we saw him catch and run. Like, that's a new Derrick Henry, bro. We don't see this guy catching balls out of the flat and going for six, seven yards. Like, that's a whole nother element to this man's game. The bulldozer Derrick Henry as a running back. You you 
tell me that this guy can catch it out of the flat and run now? Look the fuck out, everyone. Yeah, Bradbury, if he can catch the ball, as you see, he dropped two or three of them. I mean, he's got those T-Rex hands where he just, he slaps them. He doesn't know he's a running back. We shouldn't be throwing to him. He almost, he almost fumbled it behind the line because you try to, I mean, it's, I saw it. I agree. I think it looks good, but we got to cool it. He's a running back. Give him the ball, push it in his chest, let him go. He scared the shit out of me. He did it a couple of times. I'll let him uh, let those long legs go. He needs to run. No, yeah. I was just looking at some of the stats, and when I saw Derek yeah, he's catching. all those receptions, I was like, God damn, this he's man. He's catching. This, this is a new Derek. But uh, anyways, I think that's good for segment one. McKay, you want to kick us off here, segment two, NFL week three? Yeah, dude, we got a lot to talk about, but I feel like I'm obviously being a bad host because I feel like I didn't give the best intro to our special guest and give him like a little 30 seconds to a minute to talk about himself, you know? So obviously I introduced, this is Max Rhodes. Um, it's practically family, but Max, please please tell the, the degenerate nation what you do. We know you're from Tennessee. You're, from Ty- you're a, a Titan fan, but you live in Colorado now. Um, but tell tell the degeneration a little bit about you. Well, yeah, thanks for having me, McKay. Bradbury, nice to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest. Uh, yeah, from uh, well, actually, how I know McKay is my lovely cousin Peyton dates him, so practically family. But big sports fan, mainly hockey. Love golf, football, and anything go down the line. Uh, but live out here in Colorado, loving it. Always a chit chatter. I think it's great to talk some stuff, talk some smack, be a degenerate. Um, but happy to be here and uh, want to keep it flowing and uh, ready to move along. I love it, dude. I love it. Thanks for that. Well, with that, dude, let's uh, let's fucking kick it off. Segment two, our sports segment. We're giving you a recap of NFL Week Three. And guess what, folks? A lot of fucking shit happened. Not good shit from a betting standpoint. A lot of Fucking sports betters got crushed this weekend, me included. I'll be humble about it. Uh, but we're going to start with Thursday, okay? We're going to start with Thursday, last Thursday's game, okay? The Browns beat the Steelers 29-17, to 17, okay? I don't know if any of you all have money. Here's why this is a stupid fucking game, okay? Let me tell you something why. We had two just infuriating plays from a sports better standpoint. That's the final last under a minute of this game okay the final play of the game chase claypool actually tosses the ball behind which actually impacts his negative receiving yards hitting him out of what was projected originally and what he had already hit early in the game so he threw it back so so many number of yards it actually knocked him out secondly the spread betters for the Steelers, a lot of them had great lines. I believe they put the game at like three and a half, I want to say. Might, may, might have even been higher depending on the book. But for the spread betters, a lot of them, if you had under seven and a half, you were going to hit. On this final fucking play, the Browns defense gets this fumble from Chase Claypool after throwing it, and it's just they score in the end zone. and. And Vegas wins again, and everybody fucking hates themselves yet again for another week. And they say, why do we bet the Browns in the Steelers game? But, boys, thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, I mean, this is where the bad beats start for the week, right, man? I mean, yeah. unbelievable. I know that uh, you like the points. I like the Browns. Um, but Najee Harris screwing me, man, not getting 15 reception yards. I mean, that this was just the start to bad week betting for me personally. Um, but I think that it, I think the Browns are just a much better team than the Steelers are, McKay. You got Mitch Trubinsky as your quarterback. I don't care what the fuck you, else you got around him. All right? Not bad QB. Yo, yeah, easily, bro. I mean, you go from Ben Roethlisberger, who you know I praise, you know, on the field, not off the field, just on the field as a player. I respect his play. Um, the Steelers are going to struggle this year, and the Browns are just a much better, more put-together team, in my opinion. Jacoby Brissett's probably not too much better than Mitch Trubinsky, but, you know, you're looks great, though. Yeah, he it does great. look good. You got to respect the play there. Um, Amari Cooper looks good, got his first tutty. So... Am I surprised about this? No. Am I surprised about the final score? Yes, because that last play of the game was absolutely bonkers. But uh, Browns, much better team than the Steelers, in my opinion. I don't know what happened with the Jets last week. Uh, it's a team that's on my radar. You know, there's a lot of talent in that offense. But, yeah, I'll leave it I'll leave it with that and uh, hand it over to Max. Well, I mean, I think I'm comes from a Browns background. I mean, I'm so I've always been a Browns fan. Now, would I ever bet on the Browns? Absolutely not. I mean, they're they're all over the place. You don't know what they're gonna do. Things that what was it week one? Was that whenever they had that insane play happen, or was that week two? Whatever that they came back and they were up by what 17 points or something like that. Yeah. And uh and they can't I mean, you just don't know with them. They 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 drop the ball all the time. Now I do trust the Browns, though. I, I I would have bet on them if I did. I mean, they have Amari Cooper. He's showing out this year. I think he looks great. I mean, he, they've got Hunt. I mean, Chubb. Chubb runs the ball like no other running back out there. I mean, he's an absolute monster on the field. So I think they have a great team. Do I think they're going to make it anywhere this year? Maybe. They might make it to playoffs. But Steelers, I don't think. I just, I've never been a big Steelers fan. So I think um, definitely I take Browns all day. Last yeah. thing on this game, real quick, McKay's. I will respect the steel curtain on defense. Okay, this Steelers defense still looks good. They were missing T.J. Watt this game. You know, he's out for what six weeks? I think still. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna kill him. But if we look at Week One against the Bengals, the Steelers defense literally led them to their only win this season. That almost ended in a tie too, because of all the missed field goals in overtime. But yeah, man, you lose your stud when you're relying on your defense. I think it's going to be a long season for the Steelers. Um, I think they go below 500. I think the Browns go above 500. Agreed. Yeah, that's a fair and honest take. I'm in agreement with you. Well, speaking of long season, uh, is it going to be a long season for Denver fans? Oh, man, this, talk. this is something we got to talk about because, unfortunately, we're three games in now. Um, are we three or yeah, we're three games in now. And so what we've seen so far from Russell Wilson hasn't been great. Okay. I'm going to throw two questions out there. One, is it time to panic from a Denver fan from a Denver aspect? Look, defense is there, but defense has always been there. Right. Like, so is it time to panic from that aspect? We have decent receivers with Jerry Judy, Portland Sutton, you know, KJ Hamler, even. So is it time to panic from a Denver fan? Or two, do we think that 
the Broncos. Let me just let me just frame it this way: Are the Broncos going to win at least ten games this year, based off of the three game performance we've had so far? You know, no. I would like, I would hope so, because if we could win eight with Drew Locke, right? Russell Wilson should get us two more wins, and our defense is good. Potentially, the best defense in the league might be speaking biased here, bleeding orange and blue my whole life, but. I think that we get above 10 games, but Russ is scaring me right now, dude. Like, granted, we paid the guy millions, but let's look at the facts. He's not as mobile as a quarterback as he used to be, okay? He's not going to be running around the field like Kyler Murray anymore. You know, you're past those days, guy. You got to be accurate like Peyton. And the second thing is, is he's gone a little Hollywood, bro. He's dating this actor, you know, he's on TikTok a lot. And I don't judge the guy's personal life, but... Um, I definitely remember Russ, a young Russell Wilson. He just had this passion and fire and now he gets a multi-million dollar contract. You know, he's got his girl. He likes to dress up flashy bling. It's like, it almost makes me think, uh, are you going to roll over or are you going to be that guy that we paid this multi-million dollar contract for? So I'm still waiting to see, man. Jerry Judy, on the other hand, got criticized for dropping some balls this week. I don't know if you saw what he said to uh, Shannon Sharp. But it got a little heated on Twitter over there. You know what I'm talking about? I don't care or no? Yeah, well said. So uh, Shannon Sharp <laughs> tweeted, Jerry Judy, you know, and does all this. Shannon Sharp is with Skip Bayless, right? Yeah, yeah. Broncos <laughs> legend, you know. Um, he tweeted, Jerry Judy does all this uh, practice for route running this offseason, but he can't catch the ball. And Jerry Judy responded, it was deleted in three or four minutes, but there's screenshots everywhere. He responded, yeah, and you be talking while your breath smells like your ass. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, so little little fire between those two right now and uh, see how Jerry bounces back. That's um, funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty funny. But, yeah, man, Broncos definitely are an underwhelming team compared to what we were hoping for. Defense is there. We need Russ to cook, though. You know, Russ wanted to cook. Well, hey, man, we put the fucking resources out. You don't have Tim Patrick all year. I think that that is a very underrated injury. That man had the least dropped balls through two years, okay, number three wide receiver. But, yeah, the weapons are there. You got two stud running backs. Um, I don't think it's the panic button yet, though. I'm not too excited about this Raiders game this season or this next coming week, but this should be a game where Russell Wilson gets his offense 28 points. We're talking about the 29th ranked Las Vegas Raiders. This is a team to cook against. If he doesn't cook this week, then I'm starting to get a little bit more concerned as a Denver fan. Oh, you should. I mean, I, I'm already concerned, but I'm not even a, a Denver fan per se, but you can just see it. Russell, he cares about the entertainment. He's going to start doing the commercials. I already can see it. I, I just don't think he's he's there. I, well, he didn't play any preseason games, so everything has been fresh. All three games have been his first times out there with the team. I mean, hopefully against the Raiders he can do something. If he can't, I think we know the answer. I think there should be a panic. And I'll say one thing. If you're going to buy or sell him, I would sell him. I, I, don't, I think it was a bad decision, and I think they wasted their money on him. I, I don't think he's going to show out. I think he's had his time, and uh, he needs to, like you said, he needs to – Keep on smiling, and uh, he's going to start going from – Dude, I, I promise you in the next couple months, he's going to start being in more commercials. He's not going to be focusing on the game. I can okay, see well, Have you seen the recent Subway commercial? Have no. you guys seen – Oh, my God. You guys got to see this. Everybody's got to go look this shit up. Like, you should pull this up right now and just move Let's it. Let's ride. 
No, no, no. He doesn't even say. It's just so cringy, bro. He's just eating a sandwich, talking to you. And it's like, you're just like, what is going on right now? Like, it's super serious and uh, it's super cringy. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. He's going to be the new Baker. He's going to be like Baker. Bro, I don't even want to talk about it because, you know what? Denver hasn't had a good QB for quite some time. So I say we hope for the best. Let's kick it over to the other side of the ball, though. 49ers, how do they look? Jimmy G, we talked about him previously weeks before. We always thought he was the guy over Trey Lance. Unfortunately, Trey's been injured. That obviously puts Jimmy G in the starting position. But thoughts on 49ers so far? Debo's running the ball, it seems like, more than he's maybe catching balls. So that's interesting. Ayuk isn't getting maybe as many fantasy points as I thought he would. But thoughts on the 49ers thus far? Uh, yeah, 49ers, uh, real quick, though, if we look at both quarterbacks, I do want to give Russell a little bit of props. I think he made the best play out of both quarterbacks when he did that shovel pass to Melvin Gordon, you know, at the line of scrimmage, um, right on that last drive to get the touchdown. So that's the type of Russ I'm hoping for moving forward. But from a 49ers standpoint, I would be pretty worried, man. You know, same situation as the Broncos, right? Your defense is there, but Jimmy G, like you said, Ayuk's not putting up the points. Devo's running the ball. You ran into a buzzsaw of a defense. Um, but yeah, I think 10 points, primetime football, you should be a little bit panicked, just like the Broncos are. But in my personal opinion, Jimmy gives you a better chance to win than Trey Lance does. I mean, I don't have much to add. I think Jimmy looked good. I don't think he looked like he was, you know, out of his game by any means. I definitely think he's a solid quarterback overall, but I think they're going to be average and not going to be any show out by any means, but that's my opinion. I thought it was a solid game, but I I think if the Broncos are going to actually be good, they, they should have won by a larger margin. I mean, the reality is right. That was a boring game. Oh, it was, it was incredibly boring. The over under was set already low. I want to say like a 38 and a half. Right, so they were expecting at least teams to get to at least a couple touchdowns. And it was just, it, honestly, it was just boring. There's no other way to describe that fucking game. Um, let's hop to another game. Cowboys took down the Giants this week, twenty three sixteen. Obviously, props to Cowboys defense. Right, Dak is obviously out with a thumb injury. They're expecting him to be back within the coming weeks. Um, I've been saying it for weeks. I'll say it again. Tony Pollard's a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. It's just unfortunately the way it is. Um, I hope eventually the Cowboys put him in the starting back spot because I just think he's a better back. CD made that incredible catch, I believe, um, in the end zone, and that was extremely impressive. Cowboys look decent. Giants, Saquon fucking played his heart out. Sterling Shepard had a non-contact uh, injury towards ACL. He's out the whole season, um, and it was due to the turf, believe it or not. So thoughts on this crazy, also kind of low-scoring game? Yeah, well, we didn't get our first touchdown until the third quarter, I think, when Saquon <laughs> broke the game open, um, and mm-hmm. then it started to get a little bit more fast tempo, fast pace. But Giants going in 2-0, playing the Cowboys and you lose, I don't think that's a very promising sign that you're going to continue those first couple weeks, right? You know, you're one of four or five teams, you're 2-0, you're feeling good. 
But Danny Dimes, he's not that guy, okay? You need Saquon heavy. I mean heavy if you're considering making playoffs and making a run this year because what? Who do we have? Kadarius, Tony, Kenny Galladay? Like that's an offense that has a lot of holes in it in my opinion and it showed in this game. And the Cowboys to me aren't that much more impressive. Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, right? It doesn't really matter to me. They just always seem to blow it in some senses. But um, yeah, an interesting game for sure and I think a big win for the Cowboys. Interesting game. I I mean, focusing on the Cowboys, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I thought Cooper Rush did a great job. Who knows what, I mean, Dak is Dak, but every year he the same shit's happened. He gets injured and uh, the, the team, I feel like he brings the team up. And once he's injured, they all just, their gel, their vibe goes away. You can like tell on the bench, the fans freak out every single time. So it just takes down that atmosphere with the team. Um, but I actually think the Giants look great. I think it's the first time they've looked this good in five years. Um, I think they're running the ball great. Barkley looks really good. He looks strong. He's finally healthy. He's been injured. Um, and he looks confident out there. Um, I, you know, they had a rough game. I think their first two games uh, were really put together. The offense kind of dropped off a little bit. But um, out of both teams, I don't think the Cowboys are going to do too great. Um, I do think the Giants might have a nice season ahead of them. And they're in the same division, and we're going to talk about the division a little later as we get into it. But. Yeah, McKay, sorry, real quick, just want to make one more point here before I kick it over to you, whatever you want to say. Saquon Barkley, I think his average draft position was 22-23, right? We had running backs like Najee Harris, you know, um, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, obviously. But kind of Mark. echoing Max – yeah, exactly, bro. Kind of echoing Max's point, though. Saquon looks real good, man. We're talking about someone who's potentially the best running back in the NFL to finish as the best running back this year in the NFL. Might be kind of a hot take. Top three, I think, for sure at this rate. I mean, this is a healthy Saquon that I haven't seen for a very long time. And I'm I'm loving it, every bit of it, dude. That guy is an absolute tank on the field. He's good. He's really good. And honestly, we fucking talked about it. We dropped an episode on fantasy like a week before, I don't know, the season started, check the receipts. We uh, brought up Saquon. Um, but, yeah, he's showing out, no doubt. Uh, I'm I'm naturally a Cowboys fan, but, like, honestly, like kind of Max says, the same old song and dance every year, kind of heartbreaking. Let me just say I'm hoping for the best. That's all I can say. Another boring game, and we totally don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Other than the fact that the Falcons beat the Seahawks 27 to 23, Max kind of brought it up, or maybe Bradbury, you know, throw Geno Smith in one of the maybe worst, worst QBs of the, of the year kind of thing, maybe with Carson Wentz in there. But, uh, I mean, from, from an offensive standpoint, I was impressed with uh, the Seahawks when they beat the Broncos. I will say that. But, um, you know, I know Atlanta's got a new quarterback this year. Seattle's practically got a new quarterback this year. This was, I mean, this was a game I, I totally paid attention to. I will say Drake London, young rookie, right? Young buck. That dude is, he's good. He's going to be really, really good for Atlanta long term. So definitely like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I will. I did say that the Seahawks could potentially be the worst team in the NFL, but I'm going to disagree with you on Geno Smith, man. I don't think he's anything to slander about. This guy waited nine years for his opportunity to be a starter, right? We're having the same matchup uh, of Geno Smith versus Marcus Mariota. It was in 2011 people were talking about this, and here we are in 2022 talking about it. Um, but yeah, I I don't have any slander for Gino, man. He's a guy who's waited for his opportunity. I think that he's doing a good job so far. And he goes up against the Detroit Lions next week. And I'm potentially thinking about streamer starting him as my quarterback to put my money where my mouth is. Because, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's not turning the ball over. He's not making stupid mistakes. And granted, he doesn't have a lot to work with in Seattle, right? He's got Lockett and DK who have been there, you know, feels like decades, probably not quite that, but uh, I think Geno's doing well and I don't have much to say about the Falcons or this game, but uh, Geno Smith's on my radar and I don't think that he's anything to be slandering at this point in the season. I'm going to touch on the Falcons. Just Marcus Mariota. He, he started with the Titans. I think he started, yeah, he started with us. Couldn't do anything. I mean, you just never knew what the guy was going to do with the ball. He was all over the place. I don't even remember who he went to. Was he on the Dolphins? Is that who he went to next? I forget. I think it was the Dolphins. Yeah. But like every team he bounces to, there's nothing that he brings. He's he's still all over the place. He scrambles everywhere. I mean, he won the Heisman. He's not showing out at all from what he won. I mean, he had his he had a show in college. I think that was a I think um the the Falcons just cannot draft. They haven't been able to draft correctly in the past 10 years. I mean, ever since Michael Vick left, they haven't been anything to watch. Um, so that, that's my take. I think the Falcons, um, I hope they do well. I've always somewhat been a Falcons fan just because of Mike Vick, but um, I think they just make stupid decisions. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of their coaching staff. Max, I do have one question for you. Being a Titans fan, do you want to see Marcus Mariota succeed, or is it more so you don't really care? When I watch him, I love to see him. Yes, I would love to see him succeed, but you just you can see in that man's face he's not confident with himself whenever he's running around. But I don't want to see him fail. There's no need to fail now. If we're playing the Falcons, yeah, I want to see him fail. But um, I think he's a good guy, but he just hasn't been able to grow much. I mean, he came – from the Titans and he was a second string quarterback for the Dolphins, I believe. Like how, do, how do you come from being a Heisman and being a second string quarterback? It just, it's, it's not him. I think he's done. Fair takes, possibly hot takes. We'll see as the season progress. Uh, another hot take people are discussing are the Packers have a better chance than the Bucks going into the playoffs this year. Possibly hot topic debate. Uh, Packers obviously beat the Bucks this past weekend. Super low scoring game. Honestly, I feel like I've said that a lot just because the whole NFL across the board, there's a lot of low score games. But uh, Packers beat Bucks 14 12. What are, what are our thoughts on this? Ultimately, I like that player Romeo Dobbs or Romeo Dudes. I don't know how you pronounce that for the Packers. I think him and Aaron I got a good connection. Uh, Tom seems like he doesn't have any help. Like you can tell the lack of Godwin or not didn't play that great. Tell the lack of Evans being suspended. He obviously doesn't have his tight end Gronk out there. Like the, you, there's just a lot of offensive components missing. 
with the Bucks offense this year, and I think it was clearly visible in this game because personally, I thought the Bucks were a better team and they were going to win this game. Um, I want to kind of highlight what you said, right? No Gronkowski, no Mike Evans, no Godwin. Who the fuck was this guy throwing to? Russell Gage, you know? Fucking, they brought Cole Beasley off the practice squad. Like, I watched this game and then I rewatched it. What Tom did was much more impressive than Aaron Rodgers. Granted, no Devontae, right? Romeo Dupes caught all of his targets. Guy looks great. But when you're telling me Russell Gage, a wide receiver three, is leading the pa- the pack for you, like what can you do, right? Like you can only ride Leonard Fournette so much. So from the standpoint of Tom Brady, the GOAT, I think that he played a fantastic game given the cards that he had in his hands. So um, I think it's a tough draw. I think both these teams healthy. I'm going to take the Bucks over the Packers though, McKay. And um, last final thing I want to say is Tom Brady from a social life standpoint, like we kind of know the guys going through it with his wife and everything. Um, I know some people are saying that he's not as right in the head. So he's definitely someone that we're going to have to keep an eye on and see how this season progresses. But this is, this is going to be a tough season for Tom to overcome. If he wants to, you know, make a run and ride at the Super Bowl. like a hundred percent, not the best cards he's ever had. No, Bradbury, I think, that I think that is what is going to take down the Bucks is if Brady doesn't overcome whatever this family shit's going on, you can tell it's kind of affecting him on the field and in the interviews and seeing his face. I mean, he looks like a model. Have you seen his jaw? Like his cheekbones are just like poking out like a Greek goddess. I mean, he looks like whatever he's taken, it doesn't look healthy for you. If he thinks it's healthy, whatever, you know, let her feed you what you want. She's a beautiful woman, but I think it's going to take him off the field. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers this season. I think Aaron Rodgers has had enough of his, um, whatever he's taken, the shroom sauce. I think it's got him. I think it's got him floating. I think he's having fun out there. You can you can tell he's smiling. He was scoring some touchdowns. You know, the only, I mean, it is a low-scoring game, but he was scoring those touchdowns. He was throwing some bombs. He's got a smile on his face. Brady looked pissed. He was not happy. He was shaking his head. You could see the anger. Uh, I'm taking the Packers. I think uh, it's too early in the season to say what's going to really happen. I think they're both going to be really good teams. But Aaron Rodgers, I think this might be a good season for him. So, so Max, I do want to respond to you on that take. Um, I can I can hear that for sure. But when I go back and look at what Tom Brady did with Cole Beasley, Russell Gage, right? Like, if we plug in Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, like the 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 intensity and level he was playing at was was potentially one of the best football games he's played, right? From a mental standpoint, from not making mistakes standpoint. Like he did everything he could. So that's where I'm like, okay, if we plug these big name guys in, that's where I'm going to think Tom Brady's going to have that upper edge over Rodgers. But as you said, we'll see how the season unfolds. It's super early. It's going to be good. It's going to be tough, though. I honestly think for Brady, if those guys aren't healthy near the end of the season, like, and I think it's just a. But I will say, <clears throat> from a wow factor, an it factor, those points, Tom. I mean. Regardless with what he's given, he fucking does work. Like he like he made that game really close at the last what two minutes of the game there. So 
you know, he, he can do work with really anyone. I think it's just a matter of who's healthy. Right. <clears throat> but I, I kind of want to move on because we got a shit ton of games to go to. But Rams beat the Cardinals 20 to 12 this past week. Uh, we're, I'm just going to give a quick team breakdown. Cardinals look like a C to me from a grade perspective. They obviously are still missing their wide receiver bunch. Their defense looked A-OK. Kyler looks decent in some games. He's still getting rushed a lot. I, I think the Rams are not as good as they were last year. I don't know why. It just seems like they don't have that it factor as much. Um, I did have a feeling they were going to win the game, though. Cooper Cup, fucking incredible, right? Um, ben Skronik, or yeah, I believe it's Skronik. He looks pretty good with the Ram. Stafford looks pretty decent. I'm going to give them a B for this week. Fair ratings. Um, Allen Robinson, not a name that came out of your mouth, and thank God, because I think that guy is kind of a bum right now. He's supposed to be a wide receiver too. I've seen him drop catches, you know. It seems like he's not running his routes as much. Um, but if we're talking about the Cardinals and – the Super Bowl reigning champions, you got to put up more than 20 points against the Cardinals, right? Like we see the Bills putting up mega points and not the Chiefs this week, of course, but uh, Eagles putting up points every week. You know, these high um, calibered offenses, you'd consider the Rams, the Super Bowl champs to be that, um, but your only touchdowns coming from a Cam Akers great run. Like Stafford needs to be finding cup in the end zone and maybe not a rub, but Ben Skronik, as you said. So this is a very disappointing look for the Rams to only put up 20 points against the Cardinals. And on the flip, I think the Cardinals need to be putting up more than 12 points. Granted, this is a good defense, but Kyler, you're not going to win football games, putting up 12 points. No take on the game, but uh, I'm very excited for the new HBO show with the Cardinals. I think that's going to be, very fun to watch. Is not that started yet? Is that, hard yeah, is that Hard Knock started yet? Not yet. I think this fall. I think in like November, honestly. All right. That, that's my take on it. I hope, it, uh, hope that goes well. Uh, so I want to keep the train rolling here, but I do want to spend a little more time on some games coming up here. But uh, another game I don't have a total complete opinion on. Bears beat the Texans this week, 23 to 20, right? Another one of those games that we were like, huh, should we watch? Probably not. But anyway, David Montgomery, the big name, obviously got injured, the running back for the Bears. Um, Obviously, huge, huge injury because Montgomery has been hurt in the past. Um, So we'll see how much that impacts the Bears' offense. And then obviously from the Texans' standpoint, right, they got Rex Burkhead. They got some Damian Harris now, right? So, like, I don't know. This just wasn't a – this just wasn't a game I really spent any time looking at. I'm going to agree with you, man. I don't have anything to say about either of these teams. I don't think either of them see the playoffs. And other than David Montgomery's injury, I don't think he's designated to play at this point in time for week four. But, uh, yeah, just kind of a, a degenerate game if you were gambling, you were falling. And otherwise, there's not too much to talk about here, from my opinion. Colts beating the Chiefs, though. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, on this, we have to break this down. We have to. Ah, uh, 
Yeah, go at it. I don't even know where to start. <sighs> okay, first things first, Chiefs aren't playing at home. Do we take that into account before I even dive into that? Okay, do I even – there are no. the playing – yeah. Okay. We're not taking that. I've been. I've been there. To. I lived in Indiana. I went. I went to Colts games. It is the fans are no. There's nothing special about that place. So, oh. Okay. No, okay. So no. First, a first hand account. Okay. So besides the fact, Patrick Mahomes should never, ever, ever fucking lose to Matt Ryan. Like it's just like I. I don't know how this happened personally. I was completely off and I will be 100% accountable in my bet last week because I totally hammered the chief spread on this to beat the, the Colts. And I, it totally screwed me in, I think three parlays actually. So like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you could say it's a fucking toss up, but the reality is the Kansas city chiefs. And I was texting Bradbury during the game when this was happening. I said, I will take the Chiefs 10 out of 10 times against the Colts in this scenario any given time. I know the Colts have Jonathan Taylor. I know he is a great back. I know Ryan is a lot more accurate than who was, was it Wentz last year that was playing for the Colts? So obviously I do think that's an upgrade from, from Wentz, but damn, bro, like this one hurt to watch from a football fucking fan standpoint because ugh. yeah i have to agree bro like when you have a team like the colts that lose 28 to zip against the jags or whatever it was last week and then they go out and beat patrick mahomes it's just it makes you shake your head a little bit um and i know n- over 90 percent of public money was on the chiefs so that's a stat I've been looking at when they're over 90% of public money. Vegas always, you know, seems to somehow win. And this is a game that just I'm shaking my head. I, I can't understand how this happened. Sky Moore, you know, fumbling the football, giving the Colts the ball back in the red zone to start the game. That hurts. Yeah. That, um, that, that's what fucking started off the not – like Patrick didn't even get a chance when he was supposed to. That's what fucking set it off, dude. Like, after that happened, I swear to you, I was like, motherfucker, like, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought it was. Yeah, this game makes me shake my head and honestly not want to bet, right? Because it's like, how do we have a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, right, lose to the Colts who just lost 28 to zip to the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, are the Jaguars that good? Am I missing something here? Like, what the fuck happened here this week? Max, you got anything? The Chiefs are just like the Packers. The Packers will lose a game. They'll come back. They'll bounce back. The Chiefs are the same way. It, this is just a little bump in the road. They'll be fine. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I mean, I, I'm Mahomes still had over 260 yards. I mean, he's still whipping the ball down. He focuses too much on Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. I think he needs to spread out a little bit. Travis was the only one who had a, a receiving touchdown in that game. Uh, I think the Colts are starting to get together. I don't know why they're not running JT a little bit more. He still only had, I think, 60 yards maybe. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, like 70 yards. So I I think the I think it was just a lucky game. It's early in the season, and they're one of those teams that they're going to make it to the playoffs. They always do. I, I still got hope in them. Yeah, uh, you would take the Chiefs game by game I, I wouldn't bet on the colts even if you gave it to me tomorrow again so that's my take so i think we're all in agreement that this was just a freak fucking accident 
Yeah, uh, the Titans beat the Chiefs last year in the beginning of the season, and look, look what happened. I mean, the same shit happens. So that's right. Well, another thing that was surprising that that happened this week, and Bradbury, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but that motherfucking team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, stomped on the Chargers, bro. Like stomped, and you know what? I don't fucking care. I'm gonna hold my receipts because I fucking said it early on the season. The Chargers, bro, were the most overhyped team. I said it, bro. I said Herbert. Like I, I think he's great that he can throw the ball, be somewhat accurate. But they don't fucking win games, and that's just clear this past week. And you know what? I'm gonna ride the Jags, bro. I hope they are that fucking team this year. You know what? Because that'd be badass. So that's that's my take. I mean, handsome man Taylor coming in, and he's he whipped three touchdowns. I mean, he's he looks good. He's got his <laughs> long hair; it's flowing. I mean, did, did you guys see the video of him in the tunnel trying to hype up his team? It was no. great. it looked like an Abercrombie model being like, <laughs> "Okay, he's like got the bottle and he's like spraying it all around." He's like, "Oh, we're all gonna rush out on three. and like <laughs> he just he's he's a good guy. I'm happy he's playing well, but. He's got to step it up. He just looks like a little boy still. Um, but uh, that sorry to steal your take, Brad Barry. I want to throw that in there really quickly. But um, no, I think I think the Jags look really good. I, um, and I also think the Chargers. Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, they looked like you thought they were kind of coming hot, and uh, they don't look too too great right now. But don't don't they have um, Keenan Allen's still hurt? So I mean, hurt. once he comes back, but you have. Knows, I know you have Austin. I have him on my team. Yeah, on my fantasy team. But who is is it at the time right now? Or is he playing? I don't know. So I'll I'll interject here, McKay. While you may be right so far about the Chargers, let's take some things into consideration here. No Keenan Allen, your number one wide receiver. Okay. Just for one game, though. It's only been one game. No, it's been three games. Yeah, it's been three. No, it's been two. No, no, I have him on my fantasy team. He has been out every single game. I promise you that. He's not played. He has not played. I promise you. He's not played. Okay, second point, though. Herbert's a tough motherfucker, man. He could have easily not gone out onto the field this week with his rib injury. Instead, the guy chooses an injection before the game. He says he's feeling good. That's clearly going to take his mobility away, which is a big part of Herbert's game, right? Your ribs hurt. You're not going to be running. Um, But, yeah, I just don't think that he was himself this week. I don't think Austin Eckler is that guy. You know, he had a good season, but I don't see him continuing a tear like Derrick Henry or Saquon this season. So I wouldn't sell the Chargers quite yet. This is a tough situation. Number one wide receivers out. Quarterbacks hurt. Mike Williams, number one guy, only catches one target in the end zone. Hell of a catch, too. But, yeah, I think the the Jags, man, this is back-to-back weeks now. We got stomping. Abercrombie and Fitch model like Max was talking about. Trevor Lawrence, he looks damn good, and I'll eat my words. I, I said that I wasn't sure if he was going to make it in the NFL. I wasn't sure if he was that guy like everyone was saying But I think two takeaways is Trevor Lawrence looks really good right now. And number two, Christian Kirk was worth every fucking penny because he loves feeding the ball to that guy. And Jags are clicking right now, man. Curious to see how they finish out the season. Because when's the last time we saw a winning season from the Jaguars, man? It's got to be decades. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of those teams that, like, anytime you face them, like, you just feel like you're going to win. Like, every NFL team just is, like, (laughs) confident. 
But yeah, I mean, Tre- Trevor, I think I was calling him Taylor earlier. Taylor Lautner is kind of what I was coming from. That's what I was imagining. But yeah, no, I I, I think Trevor looks great. But um, I, I hope the Jags have a good season. They need it. I hope, you know, they need to show out. It's been um, it's been too much time, I think, since they've uh, had a good winning season. Well, and they got Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Etienne or Etten? I don't even know how you say his last name. What's Travis his last name? Etienne, James Robinson. Yes, um, Etienne. Etienne. Yeah. Etienne Jr. Is, is Zay Jones on this team as well? I think so. I think so. So He's, I really do. Dude, they got a good offense. Like, they have some weapons there that, that could be really good. And surprisingly, hot take, ready, hot take, they're going to win their division. Calling it now. Pretty hot take. I mean, hey, bro, I could see it. You know, you, you freaking shut out the team that just beat the Chiefs and then Chargers, high offense, you know, horsepower type team. You expect to go out and put up a lot. Ten points. Hey, offense and defense, both sides clicking right now. Speaking of Titans. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Your Titans, bro. I, I, I think one of the, the biggest reasons that – Honestly, they're so good. Is that I think they're um, they do it both. Like I feel like some teams oftentimes will only play the run game or only play like the pass game. I feel like they kind of do like a good mix of in between. They have two great backs, and like you said, their wide receivers are fucking top notch. All right, yeah. fuckers. Well, that's, we gotta that's go. All through. I got. But that's all right. That's all right. That's all we got to. The Jags are moving forward, and that's that's all we're going to say. Jags are moving forward. That's okay. We might cut that. We might not. Jags stomp 38-10, <laughs> whatever. But speaking of another stomping and another hot take, I'm going to make it right now, bro. Eagles are going to win their division. They're going to beat their, the, they're in the division with Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders, and guess what? They handled the commanders 24 to 8. Jalen Hurts looks money. Brown looks money. Miles Sanders looks money. Devontae Smith looks like he's from Bama, right? And he looks like he's fucking back in his college days catching balls, dude. He looked so good this week. Then he had over 150 receiving yards. So super impressed with the Eagles. I don't need to say anything about the commanders. We already stomped on Carson Swentz enough. So. <laughs> I'm in 100% agreement with you, man. Eagles are the real deal this year, and Jalen Hurts looks damn good. We were talking about Lamar Jackson earlier a little bit. This guy's just right under that tier, right? Throwing the ball, running it in. You got A.J. Brown from Tennessee. You got Devontae Smith. You got a big guy in Dallas Goddard if you need a big target. Like, the running backs are a little weaker, right? Miles Sanders, nothing really too fancy there. But um, defensively, man, we could look back at the Vikings, shut them down. Darius Slay, Mr. Interception. And then this game, too, not as impressive against the Commanders. But, uh, yeah, both sides uh, on the field, they're looking real good. I, I agree with you, McKay. I think they win their division this year. I mean, what a win with A.J. Brown, taking them from the Titans. I mean, we're missing him already, you can tell the Titans office, but I mean, he's, he's brought everything to that team. Jalen hurts. He looks great. He's the new generation of quarterbacks. In my opinion, Lamar Jackson, that's who he's kind of taken over. Like, and I think they're going to do great. I do think, um, I think they're going to win their division for sure. 
and you know they could be one of those teams where they only lose a couple games going into the playoffs. So um, I'm excited to watch him play. It's you know he I mean. I, I brought up Mike Dick earlier and he played for the Eagles for a little bit. He's kind of giving me that vibe, how he's running around. He can sling that ball too with nothing. I mean, he's throwing, I mean, what 340 yards. I mean, he's whipping the ball. He's running the ball. Um, they got some fun offenses. I, I think it's going to be a good, uh, it's a good season for him. He, he's got two great wide receivers that I will say that have the both sides of the ball, right? From a defensive standpoint, who are you going to target? AJ Brown? Are you going to target Devontae Smith? Like, and this quarterback runs, and he's fast, and he runs the fucking ball. And not only run, he's a big dude, right? Like, you think he's like six seven? Like, I think Jalen Hurts like six seven or six six. I thought he was short. Is he that big? No, he's a big dude. I'm I'm gonna have to fact check myself, but honestly, dude. Eagles look dominant, super excited about this team. And we're going to talk a little bit about it in a minute. Well, after we get through the teams, right? But we're going to have kind of like a little debate on um, uh, what kind of what teams we see going far, what quarterbacks are really good. Okay, so he's 225 pounds, 6'1". So yeah, I guess he's not that tall, but I guess he's pretty Pretty beefy for a quarterback still. Pretty down. short for a quarterback. I mean, R- no, what is Russell Wilson? Is, is Russell even hitting 6'1"? No, I mean, he looks no, super no. short out there. Russ has got to be 5'10". Russ has got to be 5'10". Jalen Hurts has impressed me with his long ball this year. Uh, I think he developed potentially from past seasons, but I remember watching him throw ducks 40, 50 yards. But this is a new Jalen Hurts now, man. Like Max said, he's slinging the ball down the field with ease. He's hitting his deep targets, his short ones. Jalen Hurts is a menace right now. Potential top three quarterback in the league at this rate, right? Hands like, down. From Hands an efficiency down. standpoint. Yep. No doubt. Agreeable with you. Well, let's talk about two quarterbacks that are probably in the bottom efficiency standpoint. And that's Kirk Old Cousins, our favorite quarterback. Certainly Bradbury's favorite quarterback. <laughs> and the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff, certainly an old generation quarterback, like we mentioned before, um, came over from the Rams a couple seasons ago. Dude, I will say Detroit doesn't look half bad, though. De- they lost DeAndre Swift this past game. I think um, Williams is going to put a, a huge kind of increased backload from a second running back standpoint. So I think he's going to fit in nicely, but honestly, like Detroit kind of impressed me. I will say that so far this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too, too many comments for this game, right? We got Kirk cousins and Jared Goff. This feels like a matchup that should have been happening six years ago and not in 2022. Um, Well, I will agree that, Lions don't look half bad. You're not telling me Jared Goff's leading a team to the playoffs and winning a game this season. I don't know. That's my take on it. Um, Vikings, same boat. I think Kirk has looked terrible compared to past seasons. You can't even fucking find Justin Jefferson in these past two games. I think it's three or four targets. That's sad. He deserves to be on a better team. Totally. So that's all I got for this game. I think the Lions are going to have a better season. I don't think either of them are going to make the playoffs, but I think the Lions are fun to watch. Uh, they've been probably the most fun to watch in the last five years. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the 
Who's their second pick they picked up on their defense? Um, what's that man's name? That beast from uh, Michigan. On Lions? Yeah, on the Lions. They just picked him up. He's having he's incredible so far. He was like the second round pick in the draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's going to bug me. But yeah, so, and he's from Michigan. He's doing really well. Uh, I mean, he's he's incredible. So I, I think the Lions are going to have fun. Hey, right? Yeah. No, no, no. I, 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 on the defense, he's he's a linebacker. Uh, he came from Michigan. Okay. Uh, Second round draft pick. Uh, I'm gonna throw off some names: Malcolm Rodriguez, Alex Anislone, Derek Barnes, Chris Board, Josh Woods, Julian Okara. That's all I got. No, he was the guy that did the uh, in Hard Knocks. He did the Billy Jean dance. In front of everyone, did you watch that? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm dropping the ball, but come on, degenerates, <laughs> you should know. That that's all I got, though. All right, there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of teams that we could go through, but honestly, I want to keep the ball rolling and talk about. Unless you guys want to really dive into it, I want to talk about a couple of different games. Let's talk about the Dolphins and the Bills. Okay, the Dolphins and the Bills. Really great game, right? Came down to the wire. Uh, the the Dolphins are the what is there? Maybe two remaining teams that are three and zero now. Um, so they knocked off the Bills. Bills are now two and one. But boys, right? Tua, Josh, like this is a fucking crazy game. I will say, I will say this. Here's what I will say: the Dolphins look like they have, from a wide receiver standpoint, a a lot more firepower than the Bills do. And don't get me wrong, like I drafted Gabriel Davis. I know Stephon Diggs is incredible. Dawson Knox is a half bad. Like, but from when I see Tyreek and Waddle, like I, Gasecki, even dude, I'm like, holy shit, the Dolphins are like a real team. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I disagree personally, though. I think the Bills have more firepower, you know, on offense with Gabriel Davis, um, Stephon Diggs. And I think Tua has, you know, Tyreek, obviously, who he didn't throw to too much in this game. Um, honestly, if you go and check the stats, but this is a hell of a game. This is a potential playoff game again, right? To advance or Super Bowl. I don't know how it would break down, but. I think two is that guy right now, man. He's he's looking real good. He looks kind of funky being a lefty on TV, but um, he's playing really well. And I was I was surprised to see the Bills lose, even with four um, four of their secondary defensive players out. Right, their starters. You, you you're you're using backups. I think that they did really well. Right, you hold the Dolphins to twenty one. Imagine if the starters are in, and you know I'll get to it later. But the Bills are. Uh, Kind of my team this year, I will say. A little teaser for that. I'm with you, Bradbury. I think the Bills have it this year. The fact that they've had already so many injuries occur and they're still sticking it out and they look good. I mean, you know, they did lose, but the points are there. Uh, I think the Dolphins look great. I hope two is not injured. I know they're it's a little questionable right now. He'll definitely come back, but I think they look solid. I mean, every game they, you know, they've. I, they haven't won by a big margin, I don't think per se, but they look consistent. Um, but I, I think the Bills have it. Um, I think the Dolphins will make it as well. But if I had to pick, I'd go Bills all day. 
That's a good that's a good point. I think both teams are going to come down to it. Honestly, I'm kind of riding Miami. I've been secretly I riding Miami the past like three weeks in sports bets, and they've just been crushing for me. So I'm probably a little biased. I think Bills Mafia are deadly. I think Josh Allen deserves a Super Bowl. He should have beaten the Chiefs last year in that in that wild card or playoff game. That was overtime that was, rule. That's what did yeah. it. That's yes, it that's, everybody knows about that game. So so it's going to be interesting to see see if the Bills uh, end up holding on. And dude, Bills defense they're so good. Von Miller, dude, they I think they're maybe second or leading in number of sacks so far this year from a defensive standpoint. So fucking, I mean, from both sides of the ball, Bills Bills look deadly. Hot take, Bills defense was my sixth round pick in my fantasy draft. Wow. Played off pretty well. No, uh, played off pretty that's, well. That is, that is a sixth round for a defense. It was sixth or seventh. <laughs> it wasn't too far after that. Yeah. No, I can respect yeah. it. First but, week, um, 10 points. You don't see that every day. No, definitely not. Um, I do want to uh, just highlight one more thing too, man. We remember that Dolphins Ravens game last week. You know, Dolphins shooting out forty two. Great games. Yeah, they come back. The Ravens aren't a joking defense, right? Like they defensively are somewhat sound, right? Like not the best, but definitely not the worst. Um, I guess the time will tell, right? Twenty six points against the Pats isn't the best, right? But it goes to show how good this Bills team is defensively, right? You're missing four of your starters in the secondary, and you hold Tua Tugavailoa to 21 points. I'd say that's a pretty damn good fucking game, man. And especially this is a completely different outcome if Josh Allen doesn't short arm his wide receiver on the last play of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people were upset about that final little play right there. Um, okay, well, before we we have our little debate coming up, but is there any games we want to talk about? Should we finish off with the Titans and the Raiders? Because the Raiders are still 0-3, okay? And we mentioned it earlier. Um, but, dude, I think this is the panic team. I think this is the worst team, potentially. It, that, I would say them and the Commanders are kind of that tier of, like, teams that are just not good. Uh I mean, the Titans almost gave that up last second. So, I mean, I don't know. You're the only 0-3 left in the team in the league. Even even we take the Titans game out. You lose to the Cardinals after being up by fucking 17. Was it 17 or 14 points? You gave it up in the fourth quarter under two minutes. From a defensive standpoint, yes, the Raiders are a bottom five defensive team in the NFL. But if we look at the flip... Uh, I said it last year. I'll say it again. I think Derek Carr is underrated. I think he's a good quarterback. I think that he's linked up with his college star again, who he continues to just score touchdowns. As I mentioned, 17 games in a row if we date back to college. Uh, I don't think it's time for the panic button. And especially when you have, I think it's top three, might even be the top offensive line in football. So protecting your quarterback, giving him time. So, yes, they're 0-3, McKay, but I don't think this is a panic button team. I think that we see the Raiders finish out 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, I think that this division, all the teams are close. You got Chargers, you got Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this division shakes out. I'm not 
personally counting out the Raiders yet. Good win for the Titans, though, at home. This was, this was massive for them. And the Titans needed it, but I, I'm there with you. I think the Raiders have it. I don't think it's over for them. They lose this next game. This upcoming week, uh, or you know, they're playing the uh, they're not playing the Dolphins. They're playing the Bengals right on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. So I, I mean, if the Raiders win, that just puts a damper on the team, I guess per se. I mean, as good as you can be when you're zero and four, it's hard. I mean, it, I just think it makes it rough. The fans start booing. It's hard to play. I mean, they have a rowdy stadium. First off, being in Vegas, I mean, I've heard that place is tremendous to be in. So they have good fan base. They got it there. They, I think they could turn around. I think there's still hope. That game was so close, though. I honestly think the Titans should have lost. The Raiders came back super strong in the second half. Uh, you know, they ended up not being able to clinch it at the very end. But the Titans just—they don't have it there. I, I think. Uh, I mean, I think if you put it back to back against the Titans, I think the Raiders would have it second game in. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, I would I would echo that take, Max. I agree 100% on that. All right, boys. Well, here's my follow-up question, though. Raiders win less than nine games this season. I agree. I think they're going to hit six. Starting 0-3 hurts. Uh, I don't put it past them to get nine wins this season, but it's going to be tough. They they definitely have the talent of a nine-win football team. Um, tough division, right? But, yeah, I'll probably – I'll take the under on that. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I think I think we're all on the same boat then. Um, we, we, go ahead, brother. I was just going to say I think the Titans are probably on pace for similar, right? Are we thinking they're over a nine-win team this season with Ryan Tannehill? I don't think so. I really I, – I don't think they're going to make it there. I think it's going to be a back and forth. I think they're going to win a game. They're going to lose a game. It's just going to go like that the rest of the season. I'm going to I'm gonna say – I'm going to say eight. Uh, I'm going to say no more than eight. That's what they're going to cap at. That, that's a good line. I would say eight's a good line for that. Yeah, I mean, I would say with the Titans, I don't know if it's the offensive change, Derrick Henry, uh, the change for, you know, I I don't think, and Max, I, I would like your opinion on that because I know you're like a long-term Titan fan. I don't think Tannehill's that guy, bro. Like, I I don't, I think what your new quarterback is it, Marcus Wilson? Dude, mm-hmm. I, I think that dude should be given a, a spot, a, you know, given at least a chance to start at QB because he's like at the end of the day, I'm like tired of watching fucking Tannehill play. <laughs> I, uh, he, he's not going to win us a Super Bowl, by no means. We've already that, tried. We got that was enough. clear last year that he <laughs> wasn't going to do that. You I saw, mean, yeah, you against saw the how Bengals, he, right? Yeah, in year after year, he's done the same mistakes. He gets to the final, he gets to the finish line, and he can't, he can't complete it. He can't, he can't cross over it. I just think that's going to continue. I think Wilson's going to be great. Steve McNair, big fan, great quarterback for the Titans. He kind of has that coming into him. He's a big boy. He's thick. He can run. He can throw when he needs to. He looks like a tight end in a way. I think I'm going to give it a year. I think he'll be starting. He already came in. Was it when we lost, what would we lose, like 40 to something to the Chiefs uh, on Monday Night Football? 
last week or whatever it was, they, they brought him in already. I mean, you don't see that very often second week, bringing in a second string over Tannehill. So that's already coming into play. I, and Mike Rabel even, I don't know if you saw this video, but he pulled him on the sidelines and like pretty much was like, Hey buddy, we're, we're going to sit you out on this when you're embarrassing yourself. Like that's what he looked like he said to him. So I think he needs to, I think I'd sell him. Buy or sell, we're selling Tannehill. Get him off the team. So, Max, I, I want to ask, you know, as a Titans fan too, like let's bring it back to playoffs. Round one, you're going up against the Bengals, the worst offensive line in football against the best uh, pass-rushing defense in football. Ryan Tannehill throws a pick to start the game. He throws two more throughout it. Like, uh, just as a front office, as a team, bro, how can you move forward with this guy again? Like, I just, I don't understand why you're not making some type of move to upgrade your quarterback. Because then, hey man, maybe they are a nine-win team. But with Ryan Tannehill, dude, especially after that playoff game last year, like, I'm just surprised he's still leading the ship. I think the nerves get to him. That's that's what I see out of it. And then. I mean, yeah, you, you bring it back to that time and he had AJ Brown then, right? And like, that was his main target and we give him away where, what is, what does Hill have now? There's no AJ Brown. I mean, we, we got, I mean, um, I just picked up Woods, but he's not even playing that much. We don't really have much out there. Everybody's young on the team. What I'm most worried about is I think Tannehill knows that Derek is our bread and butter. And I think it, I think it freaks them out, and I just don't think they can. They don't have they don't have a good vibe together. They're they're not gelling. You can tell. You were talking about him passing the ball more to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can't catch the ball from him if he even tries. I don't even know where Tannehill would go from now. He came from the Dolphins. He was a nobody when he was on the Dolphins. He comes to the Titans. He somehow blows up because he has a pretty decent season. He was accurate. He's a very good passer. Yeah, he threw some interceptions, but. I think when you bring in Derrick Henry, it just takes away his confidence of being a good quarterback because we want to focus so much on the running. And I think that's why we have lost our first two games is because we didn't focus on the running. We should have handed the ball off more to Derrick. He only had no more than like 40, 50 yards his first two weeks. Tannehill was trying to throw some throw some passes. I think he threw a couple this past week. He looked okay, but run the ball. Run the damn ball. Do not throw it. Final point I'll make uh, to that is, I correct me if I'm wrong, you're a Titans fan. Derrick Henry seems to kind of be like a freight train in a sense, slowly get started, and then as the weeks go, you know, we get Moving. to 12, 13, 14, exactly. But to start the seasons, Derrick Henry seems a little bit sleeper, you know, first month or two of the season. But then he, King Henry really picks up. I could be wrong, but that's just my perspective on it. I think it's the acting of King Henry. I think that's what we want out of him. I think we want to start him slow. We get him angry. We feed him up throughout the season. And it just starts pounding through. I I always think of drafting him whenever, you know, in our fantasy leagues first. But I'm sometimes hesitant because I know he doesn't score very high in the first few weeks. Now, if you if you track back, you can see that too. They don't run him as much in the beginning. And then once we know, okay, Tannehill is not doing so great, we will just push him in there. But – he got injured last year, very end of the season. And that is my belief of why we couldn't push through the playoffs because we didn't have his confidence coming in. He was out for 
four games, I believe. And I believe we won every single one of those games. So we were doing great without him. But if he stays healthy, we got to run him. Uh, Derek's a powerhouse. He's a train. And you you let him you know, run, he's going to fly. And uh, he's a monster. That guy has no emotions either when he scores a touchdown. If you see that his face, he, he even cut off that rat tail. I actually disagree with that. If we're going to talk a little style right now of players – he cut off the turd. We used to call it the turd, man. That thing would hang out there. Players wouldn't want to touch it. It stunk. He just let that thing reek up all year long. We need that back. Bring it back, Derek. We want the turd. We want the turd. Uh, uh, so I, I, I will say final point on this. I don't want to be a dead horse kind of thing. But you brought up a super unique point that I didn't really think about. And that's kind of Tannehill is almost like afraid of like Derrick Henry doing too well and him not throwing the ball enough to where it's like, Oh shit. Like what am I, I just hand the ball off kind of thing. And I totally think you're right because the offenses have completely changed compared to last year, where it's felt like Henry was running the ball 25 to 30 times a game and they were winning. They were doing really well. And now he's throwing the ball a lot more and their offense definitely seems a little discombobulated. But uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward. I hope we see the Iron Man that Henry is, dude, because that dude, he does, man. He he fucking pounds. Bring the stiff arms back, baby. We need to see some film. We need to see some highlights with those. He had several last year. One was against the Bills. Who was that? He just threw him like a toy doll, man. Oh. Oh my gosh. That was, yeah. He'll be back. No doubt. No doubt. Well, we're going to have a quick little debate here. Um, And and I kind of already feel like where I know you degenerates are kind of leaving. But uh, favorite team or early Super Bowl pick thus far? And we dove into 13 teams. So I I definitely don't want to make this line that it has to be. But elevator pitch me your Super Bowl favorite or your favorite team thus far? So I'm going to give you three teams here. No, Brad, you only give us one. We each have a team too. Okay. (laughs) I I know Max possibly might want to talk about um, the Bills with the way it was sounding. So I'm going to go with the Eagles, man. Well, I took them, okay? Suck my nuts because the <laughs> Eagles are looking great this season. Jalen Hurts, as I said, looks like a top three quarterback. You got two wide receiver ones. Your defense is being led by Darius Slay. They look good, man. It's hard not to think that we could get an Eagles Super Bowl this year. So uh, that's my team right now as I'm riding the Eagles, baby. I like the pick. I like yeah. it, but I'm sticking with my bills. I think they're they're steady train. They're not going to stop. They might go over a couple of bumps, but they're just solid. They're overall the structure of their team. They have it. When when you can see a structure like that, you you just know they're going to make it. If you know things happened with the overtimes, they had an unfortunate game last year. I think it could have turned either way. And I think they're the same team this year. And I think, you know, they definitely will beat the Chiefs in this game, this season. Uh, I, I think they could easily beat the Bucks, the Pack. I mean, just put them in front of them. I, I think they have it. So I'm staying with the Bills. 
Oh, God, both great picks. And like I said, Bradbury picked my original pick of the Eagles because they are flying high right now. Really loving what Jalen Hurts is doing. But you know what, dude? I've been secretly taking them for the past couple of weeks, and I'll just keep riding them. And I think it's Miami, man. We talked about it. Funny enough, we talked about this on the pod, Bradbury, what, like maybe two or three weeks ago, and we said Rick Ross dropped a million-dollar bet on – the Miami Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, what? Logan Paul did. Logan Paul did the Logan same Paul thing. Joined as well, that's right. Yeah, those are the three teams. We hit all three of my teams, man. I think uh, I agree Bills and I agree Dolphins 100%. So definitely top tier teams, juggernaut teams. Be interesting to see. Hopefully, uh, you know, Tua stays healthy, but this is leading into the wrap up of the NFL segment. We got Thursday night football tomorrow, boys, and I'm stoked for it. And we got a pretty good game. We got the Miami Dolphins versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And I will say, you know what I will say? I will say this. The Cincinnati Bengals have been a complete disappointing team to watch this far. I, I'm just going to say Joey B is not the same Joey B as he was last year. Um, I don't see Cincinnati making it out of the playoffs this year. But um, in in reference to tomorrow's game, I want I want who give me a pick for tomorrow's game. Max, you first, man. I need to marinate real quick. I don't need to marinate. I I agree with McKay. I think the Bengals have been boring. I've tried to watch them. They're not even fun to watch. I don't know what what Joe's doing, man. Uh, it just doesn't look like he's the same. He's going through a rough patch. So absolutely taking the Dolphins. Uh, you want to go for like a spread wise, I'm going to put seven and a half dolphins. Wow. Okay. Is this with Tua playing or without playing? This is with Tua playing. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Okay. Right there. So I got to look back at the Bengals, right? We've had three games with them. First game, I think you go up against the strongest uh, NFL defense, you know, with TJ Watt in that equation. It's a tough draw. I think that week three, you know, you find a bounce back against the Jets, who potentially could be an underrated team. They upset the Browns on that crazy comeback. I'm not sold that the Bengals aren't that same team, right? Like, Jamar's a dog. T. Higgins a dog. Tyler Boyd still has that fight in him. Joe Mixon, I mean, we've got all the pieces. And Joey B, we're talking about a, a young guy, right? Second year in the league made it to the Super Bowl. So two has been in the league for longer, three, four years, right? Like he's getting a lot of hype right now. He's playing well. But uh, when it comes to Joey B, not counting this guy out. For the sake of argument, I will take the Bengals tomorrow night. I don't know if I'm going to do that for my same game parlay, but for the pod's <laughs> sake, I will say that this. I think this is going to be a close game. It's in Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think that the Bengals can pull out a win. Okay, Hot Brad. Brad, I have to counter you on this real quick because although he has those great weapons, bro, he has the worst offensive line in the NFL like right now. He's getting mm-hmm. Bro, he's getting sacked like four or to seven times, four to seven times a game, bro. Like, although he has all those great players, he doesn't have enough time to fucking throw it to them. And guess what? If the team, if a opposing team shuts down the run game with Mixon, they're screwed, bro. And I feel like that's what we've seen in some of these games so far. That's just my take, though. But unless they get a better offensive line, bro, 
fuck, man? Protect him. Protect I mean, him. I hear what you're saying. If we look at last year's O line compared to this year, it's better. You draft your draft pick went towards your offensive line to help protect Joey B. Obviously, there's still a lot of holes. But if we look at uh the game against Tennessee, I think he got sacked 13, 14 times. But the guy got rid of the ball, he found his receivers, and they somehow found a way to win. I mean, Joe Joe Burrow. He's a magician sometimes, man. And this season, he's definitely struggling to start. But, hey, man, we're still in the first month of the season. I'm not counting out a young quarterback who in his second year went to the Super Bowl yet. Like, with all those offensive weapons, you know. Granted, you know, the O-line isn't great. But the man is kind of a miracle worker at times, too. So that's that's why I'm taking the Bengals. I'm not counting Joey B out quite yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, I, I think I'm satisfied with that take. Um, all right, we're going to wrap up the NFL segment here, but we have one last little tidbit, last little golden nugget for the de- degenerate nation here. We all run multiple fantasy teams, okay? Give your fantasy player of the week. Who do you like? Who's a sleeper right now? And, and I'll kick us off, okay? The player I really like, I mentioned him earlier, Romeo Dupes from fucking – the Packers, bro. Aaron Rodgers, we talked about he doesn't have many wide receivers. Alan Lazard was wide receiver number one. I think that's totally changed. I think Romeo Dubes, he's early out of college. What This is his first season, I believe, and he's instantly having a connection with Aaron Rodgers. He is my highlight fantasy player of the week. Pick him up in your league if you haven't because I see him putting up points moving forward, no doubt. Uh, I'm not going to give a player to pick up here. I'm going to give a player to trade for. And I'm going to say, everyone, get Devontae Smith on your fucking lineup, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Jalen Hurts throwing accurate, throwing plenty of targets each week to this guy. And as McKay mentioned, he kind of looks like Heisman Devontae Smith in college again. Like, this guy's bringing down catches that I. it's just crazy that he's bringing this to the next level. Sure, in college it's one thing, but translating what he's doing this season. I'm loving it, man. I'm all over Devontae Smith. I'm trying to get as much Devontae Smith in my fantasy lineups as possible right now. I like Max. that. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Is it Lazard or Lazard? Lazard? Whatever that man. Yeah, Lazard. I, I, think, uh, I think he's a great target for Aaron. And – I've got him on my team. He's he's done okay the past two weeks, but I think he's a good pickup. Uh, I, I I don't think he's like a top pick out there, but I think he's going to get a lot more action here coming up. Um, you know what? I want to do a trade right now. In a trade, get rid of McCaffrey. What is wrong with this old man? He is beat. He's out of it. He's out of practice today because of a thigh injury. Baker's changes offense doesn't want to do anything with McCaffrey. He's making him more of a wide receiver than he is a running back. I'm upset with that being my first pick. I know McKay, me and you chatted about it before he hopped on today, but if I could sell anybody and you know what, I could probably trade it tomorrow if I wanted to, but you don't know what this guy, I don't like it. He's got me no more than 17 points. If anything, each week and uh not happy with it i think he needs to man the fuck up grow some balls and get on the field and run the damn ball a little bit um so that is my take on mccaffrey i um not happy with it fair i just have to throw this out here baker mayfield uh, this panthers game one of the few we didn't touch on this week but for 
a fantasy perspective and for the sake of the Panthers, I'm waiting for Sam Darnold to take the field again. Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. He is not a first-round draft pick. It didn't work out in Cleveland. It's not working out in Carolina so far. Mark my words, we will see Sam Darnold starting week 9, week 10. I don't know how long it's going to take, but Baker Stinkfield overthrowing, underthrowing, I mean, I'm just not sold on the guy. He got half his yards from Lavishka Chenault running 80 yards, breaking two tackles. I mean, for fuck's sake. I don't know <laughs> I don't know why we're still thinking Baker's going to turn it around. The Bake Show, number one draft pick. Like, no, this guy fucking sucks. Like, I'll take Sam Darnold over him any day. So that's my take on Cam Newton, the new Cam Newton. He's He thinks he's hot shit. He runs in the end zone at any chance he gets. He celebrates hard. I don't like it. I, I, I agree with you. So I think he hurts DJ more. You know, we could talk about him having a struggling season so far. I think he hurts Robbie McCaffrey. Anderson not I having hurt, a great season. I think he hurts everyone, man. Like, put Sam Darnold back on the field. Baker Mayfield is not an upgrade. So that's my hot take on it. I like uh, uh, All right. So, so with that, that is going to wrap up our uh, NFL recap. All right. That was a lot to digest there. That was, a, that was a lot to digest, but I hope we gave you some really good content to think about and some really good players to add to your fantasy list. So, uh, but with that, degenerates, let's dive into some business and culture, yeah? Uh, this is one of my favorite fucking segments of the show, okay? Because we, here at Degenerate Media, we try to give you guys the shit that nothing, like, nobody else is talking about, all right? You turn on the news, you see a bunch of negative, stupid shit, you turn off the news. And then you really never go about like hearing any crazy cool shit that's happening. Shit that might affect your wallet, your stocks, anything like that. So this is that segment. This is our business and culture segment. And with that, I'm going to kick it off. We're talking markets, okay? And specifically, we're talking streaming services. Uh, the one we're talking about today, though, Netflix, man. Uh, they're on a free fall. Get this, bro. They're dropping subscribers fucking yearly. And apparently Disney just outpaced them this past year for subscribership. Um, and obviously, the, when I say this number, it goes from 221 million to like 220 million. So we're not talking like a huge number gap. But one thing that's really important is that Netflix is actually continuing to lose subscribership, bro, which is killing their fucking market cap. And we're talking we're a slash of already 200 billion up until this point. Like we're talking like a lot of people invest in Netflix and I, I'm sure at some point we even had Netflix in our portfolio might even still have them. But honestly, dude, this is like, we see this, like we talked about it before on the pod, we got Hulu, HBO, Disney, fucking, you know, Netflix, discovery plus we have all these streaming services pretty much fighting for people's attention. And they just essentially just acquire one another to, you know, fight this but thoughts on netflix do you guys from a personal standpoint what streaming service do you guys use and secondly like do you think we've talked about this before and max i'll give you an update too netflix dude they're investing in like a lot of their investments have been in virtual games and so they're trying to hit a new segment of the market where they want people to play games through the netflix app now um so kind of a totally different and interesting take but Thoughts on this as a streaming service and thoughts as this from a retail investor even. So I know 
you're definitely more of a movie buff, show buff than myself, but I'll tune in, watch the streaming services every now and then. Disney, it hasn't been on my radar. You know, it's not something that I'm dying to get, right? I uh, stick with Netflix. I stick with Hulu if I'm going to watch something. Amazon Prime every now and then. But uh, definitely something to note, right? I mean, those movie buffs out there, those watchers looking for good content, right? If uh, Netflix has been overtaken on the throne by Disney, that's uh, something to note for sure. And you see Netflix trying to pivot here with uh, going into the gaming industry. So definitely interesting from uh, my perspective. I'm a movie buff, big movie buff. And Netflix is the last app that I click on at night to look for something to watch. I have everything. I have Hulu, uh, Peacock, HBO, Disney Plus. I mean, I have all of them. You name it. That is the last one I go to. Why? Because they're putting, they're giving any actor money to make whatever content they want. And it's shit content. It's not good anymore. So the new videos are the new movies out there. Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg, they've released like three or four movies on there in the past couple of years. And they're all trash. They're just not producing good content anymore. I think that's the problem with Netflix. They don't have the good content. They don't have up-to-date content. It's not the new and upcoming coming content. I think when you go to HBO Max, they have movies that were in the theater a couple months ago already on there. You have Amazon Prime where you can buy movies now that are still in theaters. They were the first ones to make this big change. And I think they sat in the pocket for too long. I think they're about to get kicked out of it. I think they're about to come overcome. And what I really like right now, if you don't have it, Apple Plus, big, big news coming in. I'm excited for next year, those who use the NFL Sunday ticket. Apple Plus is supposed to be purchasing that and taking over next year. So new coming from there. So very excited for that news. Yeah, dude, you honestly bring up such a valid point relating to the content. So... We and we've Bradbury and I have talked about the different content um, in terms like of a revenue standpoint. But so Netflix, in terms of original content, has created a couple of outstanding original hits, right? Stranger Things being one of those, um, Squid Games being one of those. Um, and I'm sure you're, you know, you're aware. chess, whatever that yeah. chess show was. Yeah. So they, they spend a hefty amount on creating content, but I would totally agree with you, bro. The lack of good original content, especially with big name actors, I'm sorry, I did not like the new Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Hart movie. Horrible. I love Kevin Hart, I love Mark Wahlberg. Both great actors, I've seen a lot of their movies. Dude, this was a waste of time watching this movie. This This was not a good movie. Little plug right here, those who do watch Netflix, Chad and JT, Going Deep, new show that came out. Watch it. Hilarious. Wanted to plug them. They're a fun podcast if you guys want to go uh, tune in them as well. But uh, they do have some good original shows, but that's where I'm coming from with this. Chad and JT Going Deep, these guys were starting a podcast just like this. And they come in and they will give any type of funding, Netflix will, to whoever is there to, to grab it in. So that's the thing. They're just giving money out and the content is not good. Uh, it, it's it's I think it's wrote too quickly. They film it too fast. They don't put enough time in there. Uh, I think that's why they're dropping. Yeah, that's a fair point. I will say, okay, quick. I would like a quick opinion on this, though. What what in your guys' opinion? 
best best content that you watch from a streaming standpoint? Like Bradbury, are you still on YouTube? Or would you say is that where you get majority of your content right now? Because I know you're not really on TikTok. Yeah, no, not on TikTok. I mean, I've watched The Lincoln Lawyer recently on Netflix, which I enjoyed. I enjoy Lock and Key because of the concept of the show. But yeah, man, at the end of the night, I'm not going to a streaming service. I'm going to YouTube to watch videos from content creators um, personally. Are we talking about purchasing like certain subscriptions? Because you don't have to buy YouTube. So what are we talking about? Like, are we, am I investing in this platform or am I getting it for free? Like content the Twitch for this is content you're paying for. Yeah. Okay. So cool. content I would pay for then. I mean, that's where I log in first. I think Hulu has got it. Hulu's Ooh. great. They okay. have live sports. Do I have that? No, but they have options. You can have live TV if you want. They have great shows. They have good movies on there a large variety, a good course catalog, if you want to call it that. That's my first click every night when I get on. So, uh, But also Twitch, if we're talking about free content, Twitch every night. I mean, that is a great platform as well as YouTube. Shit, dude, I, I am not on like the free, I am not on YouTube or Twitch. Maybe I need to hop in there every now and then. But shit, dude. Do Thursday you Night Football is on Twitch, by the way. If you don't watch, if you like, well, I, I don't have that, I watch it through Prime. Yeah, but Twitch is partnered with Amazon Prime, so those who don't have Amazon Prime can log into Twitch and watch Thursday Night Football for free. Oh, yeah, I, I have two. I've tuned into that. I think they need better broadcasters, personally. But uh, it is cool that you can just go on there for free and watch it. But I prefer um, the other broadcasters as opposed to Twitch. Just a personal take. I'm not there for the broadcasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for the content. I'm there for the content. Uh, all right, dude. Well, moving on, we got a, a range of shit to talk about. Get this, dude. The UK recently gave TikTok 30 days uh, essentially to respond to findings that they breached uh, data protection laws relating to children. And I followed up on this report because this was just so, I don't know, this was interesting to me. And apparently, TikTok, I believe, was. Um, like taking data on, I don't know, children like that created accounts and apparently they're not supposed to. Like, I don't know, you can go and read this article, man. But like, this is one of the larger, here's why I wanted to talk about this because this is one of the smaller aspects of a larger macro problem. And that's security, right? Like people like, dude, more and more, and we're gonna be talking about this, People are just fucking like so free with with their with their security, right? Like when we think about it, you really do have a virtual identity that is bought and sold regularly between advertisers, right? That that's just the reality of it. Like whether people or not think that to be true or not, like you need to pay attention to the data that you show. And and I think over the long term, like you're seeing United States companies are getting hit with data breaches all the fucking time now. A lot of them are government or state-sponsored or outside actors, we believe. But, dude, long-term, I think a lot of us are going to end up paying for, like, a VPN service or paying to have our data locked up, dude, because this shit is fucking weird. Think about it. It's TikTok is 
now the number one most watched app over YouTube. We talked about this stat a couple of weeks ago. And they're they're literally being fined by a government for stealing, like taking data. Like is this is red flags, dude. Tell me other com- companies don't fucking do this. Oh, other companies are for sure doing this, right? I think TikTok is just the most blatant about it. You know, they're fine taking everything and anything and they don't care. And I know that, I, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is a Chinese-based company. Yeah? Yeah. So I, I believe they're in the U.S., but it's like a Chinese-based algorithm. Oh, okay. Like it wasn't made here. Like it, Like it's not our tech. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to see st- – that the UK is fighting this, right? Because our privacy is everything, right? Like if these guys can just go in and get whatever they want, like, great, you know, you're creating the most efficient algorithm, right? You're giving me what I want to see. But at the same time, like, is that dangerous, right? Is that dangerous that you're able to see all this privacy information to feed me this? Like, is that is that why people are so addicted and on this app all the time? I mean... It's questions that we need to be asking because it's the direction that our world's moving, right? If we give our time and attention to this app, you know, where's the line drawn to where we can stop? You kind of get what I'm saying with that? No, no, totally. And I think, dude, it's, uh, it's like I said, one of the largest probably aspects or elements that like every day people need to be talking about, bro. Like this is like, seriously, like, investing in a vpn or protecting your data because uh we don't you're vulnerable you're totally giving you're like saying hey i'm totally trusting you that everything's going to be okay and guess what if those companies don't have the right security compliances or they're targeted or hacked dude bank account information emails phone numbers like you guys all know this shit but like this shit is becoming so much more prevalent i think a lot more people honestly just need to fucking pay attention to it I mean, hasn't this been happening with uh, Facebook? I mean, for 10 plus years now. I mean, this has always been a thing. They're just leaking data out. I I think it's the normal now, in my opinion. And there's going to always be a way to steal more money from people to try to show some value of privacy. It's just like saying, hey, you want to buy more memory on your iPhone by sending it up to the cloud. It's going to be the same type of concept. So I almost think that it's a scheme. I mean, if you really want to go in depth about it and think about like theories, like I think they're purposely doing it because there's ways to create more value by saying, Hey, we're going to leak some shit, you know, internally. So on the back end, let's create some type of a platform or a product where now we can make, we can charge people for privacy. So we're going to be making money off these people because we want you to let this happen a few more times. So that scares the public to get them thinking, oh, I need to purchase this type of a privacy platform. So I I think it's all a business scheme. I think it's all a mechanism. And I don't think it's going to go away because I think they want it to happen because it's just a way for them to make more money on another side of the department. I I just think that's how they look at it. I think it's all a business cycle. This is how I'm in agreement with you that potentially, potentially not saying this is happening, but potentially they're creating a solution to a problem that doesn't yet exist, but they foresee will exist and they will have the solution ready. But on the back end, bro, wouldn't we say that the problem still exists? Like our data is still at will, like regardless if we 
if we buy into a, a security service or not. So it's like, are we willing to take that risk? It's like, oh, you know, like, oh, here's Quentin Bradbury's profile. Here's everything we know about him. And it's like, or here's Max Roden. Here's his full profile. Here's everything we know about. How much is that worth to you? How much is it worth to you from being like, nah, dude, I don't want people to see that shit. I don't want them to see every link that I've clicked in the past 24 hours, every video that I've watched, every fucking, you know, highlight that I've clicked on or everything I've searched on Google. Like, right? Like, it's it's like, what's your peace of mind? How much is that worth? Like, is that worth? I would say to the majority of, like, our generation, they don't fucking care. Like, they really don't. They just don't fucking care. It's already happening. I mean, with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... TikTok. I mean, we all are, are putting out everything that we have out there to the public. I mean, if you are wanting to hide something, then it's a little too late, in my opinion. I mean, everything's on your phone. I mean, if you're looking at some stuff on your internet, we all look at shit on our internet. And uh, if that's what you want to hide, so be it. But I think at this point, there's no hiding any identity. It's all out there already. Fair. Makes me sick. I don't want to talk about it anymore. We're fucking moving on. Yeah, <laughs> all, your, all those nudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of Maxie's nudes are going to be showing up. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but get this, dude. So uh, Walmart, right? We all love Walmart. Not really. I hate going to Walmart. That's not my favorite store at all. Anyway, long story short, Walmart's entering the metaverse, bro. And... Uh, why is this a big deal? Well, they're partnering with the fucking huge company, Roblox, which obviously um, everyone's pretty much familiar with at this point. But uh, they're creating two new games that include virtual dressing rooms in the metaverse and concerts, bro. Like, this is so weird to me because we have to, like, I really want, I challenge you guys to be, like, intellectually honest with each other, right? This kind of thing, they are thinking future forward thinking, right? Like this is this shit's way too fucking early to be thinking, unless maybe I'm I'm some far off. But I think this is something five to ten years down the road. But thoughts on this thoughts on this concept of them entering the metaverse as a retail store, right? But and, and even this concept of virtual dressing rooms, bro. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Like you say that it's five, ten years down the road as where other people are kind of ready to enter uh, the metaverse today, right? And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Oculus by yeah. I think Google, yeah, Google makes it. Yeah, man, I didn't realize how intertwined people were in this metaverse because that's just another take on it, whether you got the metaverse label or not. But that's people that go in, put a headset on and basically, you know, live in there for the entire day, whether they're playing cards, whether they're going to a strip club, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it's so, yeah, I, I think for me too, McKay, it's five, 10, 15 years down the line. Potentially, we just got to see how this world evolves. But another just interesting concept, right, man? We're talking about virtual dressing rooms. And then in order to go to my virtual concert to see a virtual Travis Scott, I mean, it's it's definitely out there. I don't, th- I don't think personally I'm there yet, but some people might be. I mean, I'm giving it more like five years. You can watch an NBA game on the sidelines on your VR headset. I mean, a live game. I, I think dressing room 
that's no shock to me. If you've ever seen the movie Ready Player One, that's a great example of what it's going to look like. I would push that out to like 20 years where the whole world is just living in their house, not leaving, and they have their own multiverse in front of them. That's what they live in day in and day out. That's their job. That's what people spend all of their money on. And I think that is the reality in the next 20 years or so. But to even say five, 10 years, I don't even think 10 years. I think this is going to be a complete norm. I think like every one of us has a TV in our living room. I think the same type of transition is going to happen within 20 years to where every single one of us is not going to have a TV. We're all going to be sitting on our couch with something on our head, a VR headset. And that's how we're going to be taking in reality. That's my vision uh, of what, what's happening. And it's moving so quickly and the technology is moving so, so fast. One person is going to create one type of product just like a Tesla came out and it's going to blow up and everybody's going to be buying it. I, I think you bring up a valid point. I don't think Meta maybe is the one to do it then, right? Because you're, t- you're talking about maybe another product or something. I'm talking about another product. It's there. It's just and, and what you're referring to is like a lot of web three people refer to as mass adoption, right? Like people fully integrating into the web three ecosystem of either joining the metaverse, using crypto, investing in crypto, whatever that may be. So, dude, honestly, Max, like I hope that doesn't happen, bro. <laughs> like I do not. I hope we don't have fucking. We're walking around with screens, flat screens. Look what gaming has done. I mean, look at Twitch. Look at everybody investing in PC systems. I mean, it's it wasn't like this five, ten years ago. So when you say five, ten years from now, just think five, ten years back when the Xbox 360 was the big thing, and now we're working with. PC systems. Ten years from now, it's going to be who has the newest VR system. Who you know? Who's looking at this? Not in not in 4K, but in you know 100K, where it's legit. Looks like you're in reality and you're playing an actual golf course in front of you. I think that's what people are going to be spending thousands of dollars on because you don't have to go on a vacation anymore. You can just buy a headset to go on your own vacation every single day. Let's go on there. Okay. That's a mass. I mean, mass, you're something mass adoption, man. Like that's what has to take people there. But like one thing I would say is like, is this one of those things though, that like, I'll give you a few examples. Let's talk about the Wii, right? The Wii was one of those consoles that was like, we're going to get you working out, right? Like it was going to be fit and cool. That shit lasted for what? Maybe five years was hot. Maybe five years max. And show. now we have PlayStation doing theirs. No, we followed up with like the Xbox Connect, and the same thing happened. Three to five years, that shit fell off. So like, is the Oculus a three to five th- five year thing, and that shit falls off? And you're saying a brand new product that's going to enhance the metaverse, that's going to want us take us to live there? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying like, yeah, just stepping stones? That's exactly like you're going to start with something small, and then. 10 years from now, instead of, you know, that's when you're going to have a green screen in your living room, right? And your TV is going to be your reality where it's going to seem like you're in that zone. Somehow we're going to be able to create our own virtual reality where our life is just in our living room. We don't have to travel anymore. I mean, think how COVID has, you know, how that's changed the world with traveling. It's getting back to normal now, but if somebody can just have something where they can get that same exact experience, but just at home, but it looks just as real. 
think about it. I mean, they're going to be spending millions of dollars on it, on that type but of technology. Real though. That's the thing. You don't smell it. You don't taste it. You don't feel it. That's you just, what you think now. That's what you, yeah, but they will make that. Think about it. You, you enclose yourself in an environment. It's, it's coming along. It's just 10 years from now. Hopefully we have this conversation. It's like, wow, look how we're speaking back and forth, you know? Oh gosh. So, yeah. So I, I do want to jump in on this. Um, Call of Duty's coming to mind, right? Because I can remember being as young as seven, eight years old when World at War Online gaming came out, you know, and I had a buddy who had an older brother. I was hooked on that shit, man. It was the coolest thing. It was the best content. It was the funnest um, game out there. Like it put everything else to shame. So I hear what Max is saying. If something is created, right, content good enough to grab the world by attention, completely spring what A was and shift it to an evolution of everyone playing B, like I 100% can see this happening. It's just a matter of who's going to be able to create something to this futuristic degree that we're talking about today. But if it's possible... Why wouldn't everyone jump over to this new great thing, going to concerts in my living room, feeling these sensations through my gloves or through my suit? You know, like that would be as humans, we're always looking for the most pleasurable experience for the funnest things to be doing. And that to me sounds pretty fucking sick. I don't know about you, but that's something that I've never been able to experience in my lifetime. And if you're giving me that opportunity to do that. I'm going to jump on that. I know that my buddies are going to jump in on that. It's just a matter of finding that perfect, valuable content. Like who's going to be able to create this fantasy world at this point is what we're talking about. But I do believe that someone's going to create that. And I think it's going to pull the whole world in. It's just a matter of what that's going to look like and who's going to do it. How long is that time frame? So that's my take on it. And I think realistically, if that did happen, they have to, again, focus on mass adoption. You have to make a product. We think of the Oculus, right? That's like, okay, it's a decent product. Like, it gives me a headache personally. I don't really, you know, I don't like a heavy thing on my head or whatever. But like, that's a $300 or $500 machine, depending on which version you buy. That, not everyone can afford that type of shit. So when we talk about these high res shit, gloves, fucking whatever, plus these high res consoles, it's like, that mass adoption, I think, is going to take a lot longer than we actually think. Like, you see some people now, like, doing, wearing the full body suits and the gloves and, like, like, and it just looks funny. Like, if you've seen some of these videos, like, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it just looks funny. So, like, I just think it's going to take time for us to get there. I just want to take what you said, though. Not everyone has 300 to $500 to invest in this. Wouldn't you say pretty much everyone you know has a PlayStation or an Xbox? How much do those cost? $300, $500? And that was evolutionized by online gaming, right? Like people were playing it before, but at this point, you know, Fortnite, look at that for example. Like people were buying these devices, right? Now it's a it's a box, a PlayStation and Xbox, but who's to say that we're not all going to find those extra funds for that? instant pleasure that we've never had before that experience that's never been you kind of get what i'm saying because i feel like playstation xbox was the first step 
But when we look futuristically speaking, I, I feel like people are going to be selling whatever they can to get their hands on this next device. We don't even have to focus on the average wealth. People are paying multi-millions of dollars to just fly to the moon. Imagine those people just wanting to say, you can fly to the moon in my living room with this crazy device of a headset, right? So like, that's where it's going to start. It starts from the top and then it trickles down to the bottom. You know, it's all good. So that's, I don't think it's the monetary value per se of why it's going to blow up. You didn't see anybody that was our age or whatever driving on a Tesla in the beginning, whoever had a Tesla for the first two years, we were like, oh my God, who, how do they afford that? It's a Tesla. It's so futuristic. And now you see them on the road all the time. So it's, I, I think, I don't really think money is going to be a thing. I think once that product comes out, people are going to buy no matter what the cost is. If they know they can go sit at a baseball game and look just as realistic as it was if they went and spent $200 themselves to go sit there. So it's my take. Interesting. I like it, boys. Well, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, I want to talk about another huge thing in the uh, kind of the virtual world, and that streamer, Mr. Beast. Um, you guys are familiar with it. He was recently offered $1 billion for his brand, including all of his businesses, and just kind of his whole representation. Um, and that includes all of his YouTube channels, all of his merch deals everything like this let's let's break it down into two things one i want a personal take would you take this if you're mr beast um and then two let's talk about the impact this has from a streamer standpoint right like this dude was like a twitch or youtube original streamer and he came out with a restaurant not too long ago mr beast burger which apparently like in the mall of America or some large mall, they sold out like 20,000 burgers in a fucking day, like some stupid number. So that all happened probably within the last month for Mr. Beast. Uh, thoughts, Bradbury first. Uh, I would say that if I'm Mr. Beast, I hold out, right? If it's 1 billion now, you're not showing any signs of decline right? You have the ability to grow your brand in the manner that you want. You have the ability to post the YouTube videos that you want. And so far, everything he's done is successful. Everything he touches, everything he posts, it turns to gold. So uh, I think this is a promising sign for Mr. Beast. And especially if he declines this billion dollar evaluation, who's to say that it's not 2 billion the next year. So that's, that's what I got. Yeah, I agree. They've done so well already. I've watched his content. He's good. I don't think there's any need to sell it by any means. Seems like he has a lot of platforms and he's doing well. I'm sure he's got a lot of people behind his back and hold off. I think right now he could probably get more in a year to come. So I agree. It's just crazy to think that like this wasn't possible 10 years ago, if you guys really think about it. But here we're entering, you know, you're talking about Web3 and what we're talking about, right, is is putting virtual virtual worlds right in front of us. But this, this guy really blew up in what is known as Web2 and this whole video streaming area. Um, and he's been able to monetize himself like incredibly well from like a case study. And I honestly think that he's going to be someone that 
entrepreneurs kind of look at and watch because he really pioneered. I would say another person up there is like Ninja, right? Like he he's pioneered uh, a lot of his, you know, streaming and grown up businesses and brands. And dude, like this is fucking sick. Like this, that's crazy. Ninja's now streaming on all platforms, which is he's the first individual to do that. So he's, if you don't remember, he started with Twitch and then he signed a contract with i forget the name of the platform but they mixer. took a shit mixer and now they're nothing because they, i don't know it just didn't blow up and came back to twitch and now in the past month or so he just announced he took a two-week break from twitch came back and announced that he is now streaming on all open platforms which is just mainly twitch and youtube by by my means and i think and facebook i think i i um, but just to hit on YouTube, my last comment is I love the gaming community. I think Twitch is great. That's my go-to, but I have a very strong feeling that in the next year or so, YouTube might take it over. I think they have a great platform and I think they're paying these streamers more. Tim, the tap man, for those who know him, he's a big streamer. He went over to them. Um, that was a big transition. And I think once they grab Nick Merckx, which I think they will soon, uh, people are going to start transitioning over to YouTube. So that company is growing. They're very successful. If you want to like compare them apples to apples to like a Netflix, they're they're doing much better with how long they've been out there. I mean, they started what in like two thousand and maybe two thousand two. I don't even know when they started, but I mean, they've they haven't dropped the ball by any means. I gotta ask, okay, because I don't watch streamers that much, like you know on twitch or or really even on youtube other than like you know short clips or highlights i see what is like describe to me this this streaming war between twitch and youtube like i don't i don't i don't understand it i guess it's all about it's all contracts value that's all it is they're just offering more money to these streamers to come over certain streamers can't or so kind of like podcast deals with Joe Rogan only being on Spotify. He can only be on Spotify. They do that with streamers and certain platforms. Yeah, like Tim Tim Tapman signed with YouTube. He's not allowed to come and stream on Twitch. Mm. Same with uh Doc, Dr. Disrespect. He's a very big public figure out there. Same thing with him. He was on Twitch and Twitch was like gonna sue them or sue him for something. And now he's he's been with YouTube for a while. So they're taking all the big streamers. They know what they're doing, but Twitch is just an easy platform. I think YouTube has too much content, in my opinion, where it's all over the place because like Twitch doesn't have, you know, any video you can search. So they're completely opposite. But I think YouTube is making some good moves. Redberry, what's your take on this? It's similar to what Max said, right? Like you have two platforms fighting to become the ultimate streaming platform. Um, I think he brings up a good point. YouTube has a lot of content, which is very original with, you know, streaming and watching people live and talking and they have their special emotes. They have their special sub badges, right? So, and YouTube has their intricate little things like a uh, big tip donation. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, like he said, contracts, where are these big guys going to end up? Because that's ultimately why people go on the platform for Ninja, for Dr. Disrespect, for Nick Merck. So it seems like YouTube's going to win the battle. Um, I know that 
at with more content comes more opportunity. I would assume that they have much more money than Twitch. So ultimately, I'm thinking that uh, YouTube's going to overtake and Twitch is going to die. I hope I'm wrong. Twitch is great. It's a wonderful com- community and world that focuses solely on streaming. But um, again, man, if you have the money to sign these big guys, they're going to come over to your platform over Twitch's. Well, here's one more take on it, too. Every streamer that uses Twitch uploads their content that they recorded that day onto YouTube. So YouTube has the advantage of taking at a one-stop shop, if you want to call it that, where, hey, you can come and stream your content on YouTube and you can also upload your content. We're probably going to break you a deal that way because these streamers are using Twitch and YouTube as their two ways to get big and, and TikTok and all of that. But just the fact that there's that separation between Twitch and YouTube and how they still use YouTube to upload their content. I think YouTube has that strong advantage to reel in these other guys from Twitch to say, Hey, you're already on our platform. Why not just stay here and upload it all here? I totally hit what you guys are saying. I feel like it would be like anti-competitive or anti-compete laws. If YouTube bought or like engulfed Twitch, right? Like I feel like that would break some type of monopoly or create a monopoly in some way. So I feel like Twitch has a good chance. I think it's just at this point, how can these platforms like di- differentiate themselves? And I think like what Bradbury talked about, and what you talked about, Max, of like having these sub things and having these personalized little whatever gifts, emojis, or whatever. Um, I think I think that plays a long part. But it's going to be interesting to see like the streaming war and so many stream like so many people our age and younger are streaming now, like more than ever. And so it's going to be interesting to see, like, we're going to see this almost, right? We, all the guys you mentioned, Nick Merckx, Dr. Disrespect, you know, Tim, the tap man, those are all guys we know, like there's going to be a new generation of streamers coming and it's going to be interesting to see how like that all works out. So don't you just love viewing the world from a fucking beautiful lens uh, classic dude well we got to talk about rihanna riri umbrella she's performing the halftime show this coming year uh rating from all of you i give this an a plus they're following obviously dr dre snoop dog eminem um 50 cent like that's obviously hard to follow but i'm all for this yeah i am too for all the taylor swifties out there fans who wanted her uh, i'm taking rihanna 10 times out of 10 personal take i like rihanna but i'm i was hoping for like a cold play performance or something like that i think like we've had <laughs> too much of this hip-hop bullshit Give Bro, some you real gotta, fans you gotta think of their demographic you right, gotta elaborate think- elaborate what's wrong with cold play Okay, I'm not saying Coldplay's there's anything wrong with Coldplay, but when you think of football, you think of aggressive sports like hitting shit like that, and you think Katy Perry played like five years ago. She's and and everybody said that was one of the worst shows ever. (laughs) And think about actually, that is the most watched Super Bowl performance of all time. I believe. I believe it because they spent the most money on it. That was an incredible performance because they spent fucking like $20 million on a fucking Egyptian pharaoh. Well, Rihanna will do well. I, she, she will. What, 
I, I didn't have I now did I have a list of Super Bowl halftime shows that I wanted to see? No. Would, would she be on the list if I created one? Probably not. Last year they had a banger. I like how they put everybody together. Eminem. She's gonna come Drew, out with she's gotta come out 50. with like great, great additions. I'm like sure she will. Or Jay Z or something. Oh no, she will. It's not just going to be her. You know, there's going to be some sh- some surprising guests coming in, some cameos. But uh, yeah, I, I I like it. I, I do like. It. I think it will be good. I just hope it's a good performance. I feel like every year it gets so hyped up, and then it's just like, eh. You know, yeah. I. What's more fun is making bets on the halftime show. Did they do bets on the halftime show? Right, like just like they would do, like what color is the Gatorade and. Is the coin going to be heads or tails? Are they doing like, is Rihanna's tit going to flop out? Like, like my, you know, like they did in, um, with Janet Jackson. Are we going to have any of that happening? Like, we would love to see that. Like, that's why I would tune in. All right. Rihanna's nipple. We like, we, like, we all want to see it. Just let it happen again. We, we need to come back to that. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm hammering the Rihanna's nipple stays in her dress, dude. Give me that bet. Where do I place it? I'm putting a fucking house on it that it doesn't flop out. Yeah, classic fucking degenerates talking about nipples and bets. Nothing else. Oh, I love it. Uh, dude, Bradbury, you mentioned it earlier. We got to give a quick shout out to him. Um, we're getting pretty close to wrapping up this segment. But Judge again, man. Dude is f- fucking phenomenal from a baseball standpoint. I know you hit on it again, but just remind us that we're witnessing history right now. Yeah, man. I mean, the last time we saw someone hit 61 home runs, none of us here were alive. My pops might have been just getting born, and he's fucking damn near 67 years old, right? So <laughs> we're witnessing something that hasn't been seen in our generation. We have with Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, but those are all guys that were juicing, okay? We're talking about a natural 61 home runs. And in the AL, this hasn't happened. The NL has, but yeah, man, it's truly remarkable what we're seeing from this guy, especially after declining almost half a billion dollars because he wanted more. And then he goes on and puts on a show like this. Ultimate respect. His value is going to go up though, right? From this, I mean, it has to, bro. If he declined it, like, there's only four teams in baseball, realistically speaking, between the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Yankees that are going to be able to afford him. But yeah, I mean, he's going to win the triple crown. That hasn't been done. And I'd have to go and check the dates, man. But that means he's going to lead in RBIs, home runs, and batting average. I mean, it's truly remarkable what this guy's doing. And he's still. You know, he's not young. He's approaching 30, but uh, very humble too, man. You know, he's just, he's very gracious. He's very just happy to be playing the game. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be seeing this in my lifetime. That's for sure. Definitely something to pay attention to. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Fun definitely. fact, I had uh, Serene's girlfriend's boyfriend. Yeah, it's one of Serene's girl's boyfriends. Um, actually, a no, husband. He played baseball with Aaron in college and he was his roommate for six months and I had lunch with him last week and I got to like ask him all these cool questions about Aaron Judge and like how you know if he's an actual humble guy if he's doing any roids and all that he says he texts them in the beginning of the season doesn't reach out to him during the season at all we'll text him after the season I'm wondering if he texted him saying congratulations I'm sure he didn't not to bug him, but he says he's good friends with them, lived with them for six months. Uh, but the most humble guy he's ever met, super generous, 
good guy overall. He's always been a beast. He doesn't do any of the steroids or anything like that. Natural, just a freak athlete. So um, big fan of Aaron Judge. Damn, we love that. We love to hear that. Good guys too. And clean. We don't see that often, especially today's professional sports world. Uh, but speaking of clean, dude, listen to this. NASA pulled off a fucking feat, dude. A clean shot from 7 million miles away using an aircraft to hit an asteroid. The reason why you say, what the fuck were they doing? They were actually preparing in case a asteroid was randomly hurtling toward Earth, and they had to do quick response to do it. And so they actually sent what they tested off as a, as a spacecraft. It was successful. Um, and it was able to destroy the asteroid. Dude, this is 7 million miles away. I don't even know how the fucking... I'm not going to even try to understand how that works tonight or even dive into the mechanics of that. All we need to know, like, this is not like shooting a bow and arrow and looking through a scope, dude. This is shooting a fucking rocket at a rock hurtling in space, bro. So I think this is incredible, personally, and we had to talk about it. Um, But thoughts on this, guys? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, holy fuck, man. NASA's got our back, it seems like, from 7 million miles away, dude. That's truly remarkable, the science and engineering behind that, to be so precise and be able to hit it clean. And we're talking about this is a test, and you rocked it out of the boat first try. That's, That's fucking sick. That makes me feel feel more safe about those asteroids out there that uh my earth like, isn't gonna be like, shattered we missed sorry <laughs> i feel not one inch safer than i did before you told me this bullshit little story <laughs> no nothing makes no it, you know what you really this is a test run this is just like what anybody does before they go to space when the real shit comes into play we are fucked there is no shooting a little missile in the sky and destroying this asteroid we're fucked we all know it there's going to be debris wonderful they put this out there to the public so that we feel like we're safe but um no hope here that's my take uh we're absolutely fucked if if any type of asteroid comes to us from seven million miles away that thing's gonna (laughs) blow the fucking earth to pieces just like that movie okay Bradbury. before you hop in here i just want to throw this out there quick take dude how can we verify this? Like, there is no verification. This is a movie scenario. This just came on I'm Netflix. McKay yeah. is like, the fucking asteroid. Who, how the hell do we know you were aiming at that? You could have just hit a rock. There's plenty of those out in space. <laughs> like, like an alien ship and he just disguises as an asteroid. Who knows what the fuck we're shooting at? I, there's, this is just... This is, this is bullshit news. This is just something that they want to get some feedback. And look, McKay... You you got clickbait. I mean, you you, you got tagged in. They reeled you in. I want you to understand how we do things, okay? We take things from the public markets. We take sometimes science-y stuff. We this talk is from the black market, okay? No, 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 no. You can check our sources, baby. We don't mess around here at the Gen Media. This no, was but I, a big thing talked about, okay? Nationally. <laughs> I'm just curious though, man. Like, whoopty fucking do. NASA shoots the rocket into space. I mean, we can't even fathom 
the vastness of it out there. Like, of course it's going to hit a fucking rock eventually, you know, like, it's just like, how do we know you were aiming at this one? Like it's your test run. What if you're just like, Oh shit, that's not at all what we thought it was going, but Hey, the public doesn't know that we hit a rock. We'll frame it. Good. You hear what I'm saying? Like the asteroid was a mile long. Who knows how big the asteroid is. It could have been a missile. You yeah, you can't miss it. it. Yeah, you could have missed it for a mile. Like that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting the way they're framing it makes it seem like you know we're, yeah. we got your back from seven million miles away. It's we're just not like, fear mongering. We're just being realistic. It's <laughs> like, do you though? I mean, you're gonna hit a fucking rock Nance eventually. Is like, Nance is like, Nance is like, don't you fucking worry. We know our ship couldn't get to the moon last week, but we're gonna shoot that shit right out of the sky. So you have no yeah, yeah, with those fucking galactic lasers or whatever, dude. Uh oh, fucking classic. Well, I don't know. Do your research on that. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Maybe they're just telling you that, that that is uh, meant to make us feel safe. Speaking of things that are meant to make us feel safe, we got to talk about this. President Biden's canceling all student loans, which a lot of people are like, this is incredible. This is incredible. It's not fucking incredible, people. And let me break it down for you. The actual cost of canceling the student loan debt that President Biden has proposed is resulted in $400 billion in tax dollars. That is all of us paying for everyone's student loans. That's not individuals paying for their student loans. That's all of us just collectively agreeing to say like, hey, over the next five to 10 years, we're all just going to pitch in a little more for Sally Seashore to get her seahorse degree over at Yucatan, whatever, dude. I don't fucking know. But all I'm saying is like, this is crazy to me. This is like, you guys, this has never, ever happened. People didn't think what's going to happen. This is going to have huge fucking implications. And everybody, I will say, everybody you talk to for this, in hindsight, they're like, this is great. A lot of those students are probably in debt already. They can't pay it off like this is great. But hey, if you flip the coin and you say, hey, if you're willing, like if you think this is a great idea, how much percentage of your paycheck are you going to donate to so-and-so's fucking, you know, bill? Honestly, because that's how we all need to think about it. Every single time we get a paycheck, like part of that. So I, I do, I think this is crazy to me. This to me was framed as a good thing. That's a that's a terrible thing long run. You can't just cancel out money. You can't just fucking do that. That's not how the world works. Yeah, it's a complete shift of the world, right? Like we've had we have people in their 40s, 50s still paying off student loans, yeah, right? Each, each day, each paycheck. It's like you're just going to terminate that. Like, it's just no more like the common people are going to share that responsibility. I don't know. Definitely a head scratcher to me. Um, it's $400 billion, you know, like that's what, four times the U.S. debt right now? Maybe even more. I don't know specifically, but it's crazy. I think we're fucking the trillions. Wrap your head around. We, are, we might honestly be in the trillions for debt, but still, regardless, it's a, like you said, it's a shit ton of fucking money. Max, thoughts on this? Well, well, I like Bradbury's take of saying you've had these people that have been paying this debt off for, you know, 10, 15, some of them like 20 years. Like, and it's, and then now it's just going to be paid off. 
it, what's the difference of sending somebody to jail on accident and then being like, oh, five years later, hey man, sorry, we got this wrong. You can get out now. Like we're gonna pay off your bail. Like what? Like it doesn't make you know. Like think about it. It's like you're. How unfair is that? You think it's fair for those that are currently or just recently got out of college and how are paying off this debt because how expensive things are now. Sure. I feel for them, for those that have been doing this for, you know, 10, but the decade, it's not, it's not fair. I, I don't see it. I don't agree with it either. Um, I'm happy you brought this point up and uh, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. McKay, I'm looking for a uh, political term. I can't find um, the guy with the gloves, Bernie Sanders, right? He's nah, supported- yes. Yes. He supported what? What, what was his? He he. Uh, he's the big climate guy from Vermont. He's socialism, Vermont. though. Too, yeah, right? yeah, he's a socialist. Yeah, I it's it's a shared, and we see these countries that are very socialist, like shared responsibilities. Well, 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 maybe, maybe to be politically correct, he's liberal, a liberal socialist, maybe. Okay, but you see, my point is, we're <clears throat> a free, <throat> we're a free country. Right, we have freedom in the United States that doesn't have, you know, you don't find that in every country, let alone anywhere else in the world, like to the degree of the United States. This feels very socialistic, right? I mean, that everyone's gonna pitch in for something that not everyone's involved in. Like, it feels almost like a handcuffed freedom in a sense. If this is the way that they're gonna go about it, bro. Dude, that's such a valid point, and I. Off that, and I think we need to talk about it's like the government is like saying, like, hey, we got you. Like they're they're putting themselves as the savior and they're breaking, you know, I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe they're not breaking, but it seems like they're breaking rules or breaking laws or hopping fences in order to achieve that, right? And a lot of times it's for political agendas. But okay, uh, politics aside, boys. I want to talk about the root fucking problem of this, okay? And let's be real and authentic. And I want us all to be intellectually honest with one another. Colleges write you fucking checks. Guess what? You graduate high school? I want to go to college. Okay, college is like, what do you want to go to college for? Uh, I don't fucking know. They're like, great. You don't even need to know. We're going to give you a check for 100000 this year. <laughs> Boom. There you go. We sent it to your school. And instantly you're fucking tied to that 100k okay doing your school shit and guess what if you fuck around or if you get a degree that is not gonna outweigh your fucking debt bro you're fucked okay and and let's give the classic example right someone who's maybe an art major or a history major who spent hefty amount of money to go to college bro the the fucking income to debt ratio is not there And I think if we're looking at this as a root problem, oh, you know, kids need to go to school. I see value in college. I do. Does everybody need to go to college to have value? Absolutely not. But is there value in college? Sure. But don't get me mistaken here. I think we really need to be smart about what we're going to college for. And we can't expect that the fucking government's just going to bail us out. Because like to Bradbury's point, it hasn't bailed out. The 50, 60, 70 year old doctors, orthopedists, and fucking dentists, they all still are fucking probably paying or barely paid off that shit.
Yeah, and just because there's a problem, like you mentioned with the, the debt-to-income ratio, doesn't mean you can just plop it on the American people and call it good. And that's kind of what this bill is looking like to me. Yeah, Darren, this is this was absolutely fucking crazy to me. Like, the shit that's actually happening in our lifetime is, like, beyond me. <laughs> I think we're just... I, I, I think this happens every decade. There's just something new that comes up. I think you're going to see more just wealthy families sending their kids off to college. I've already seen, I mean, colleges, I mean, not college dropouts, but there's other alternatives now rather than going to college. I mean, there's jobs out there now that are going to pay you just as much if you did get a degree and went and got a business job. So, I mean, there's a ton of sales opportunities out there that are going to accept you without a business degree. So I, I think that the, past is going to change a little bit. I think they're going to have less enrollments in college. And I think there's going to be other paths and alternatives that they're going to go to. But I mean, I went because I was, uh, I mean, I was lucky and I had a college fund. So it, you know, I don't, I'm not paying off any debt, which is I'm definitely like the 1%, I guess you can say. So it, it's hard for me to, to take a stand on it, but I have several friends that didn't finish their you know, they didn't get a degree or they, they had to skip a couple of semesters just because they couldn't pay it off or their parents wouldn't help them. And it was rough for them. So um, I think, I think Biden's trying to do good, but taking it from us, I don't agree with it. It's tough. It's no doubt. It's tough. You see, you try to see the good, but you're like, fuck man, this fucks, this yeah. fucks a lot of people on the back end. No doubt. Uh, okay, guys, last thing we're going to talk about. We were going to dive into some other things with like U.S. rising rates with the economy, inflation. Obviously, I'm sure you guys saw like the S&P 500 hit the lowest. We just keep breaking records in the wrong direction, right? They're just not positive records. So I was going to dive into that, but obviously it's getting pretty late. And I want to keep the show running. The last thing we're going to talk about though tonight is Hurricane, uh, is this Ian or Ian? I don't even know what they're calling it, bro. But this is apparently the biggest fucking hurricane in a long time. It's like Hurricane Katrina, I, I believe. It's been a, quite some time. Um, I was watching earlier newscasts where wind apparently, so it was apparently a Category 4, but mm -hmm. considered two miles off from a Category 5, which would have been the worst hurricane to ever hit um, this part of Florida, and I believe it was like the Fort Myers area. But absolutely crazy shit like that this stuff still happens, but... I here's like one, we can't really prevent these kind of things, right? These are like natural disaster kind of things. But I'm seeing some crazy ass videos, bro, of people like not evacuating and just boarding up their homes. And then they're like underwater, like their homes are like legit underwater. Like it's crazy shit. But I guess the thoughts I would ask you guys, and uh, I was actually talking with someone recently close to me about this of would you guys like board up? and stay or would you evacuate? So I think there's a couple of different ways to look at this, right? And, and you live Florida, there. Yeah, You're living in Florida, living through Hurricane Irma, I think hurricane season, right? Like it's just like, oh, another hurricane, right? Like we're going to board up. But to something to this degree, man, you know, we're talking about Tampa, Florida, being hit and affected by a hurricane. Last time Tampa, Florida was affected by a hurricane was a hundred years ago. Okay. 
in the, in the degree of four category four. So I, I know people from Miami that said, I'm going to stay with my family board up all that. So I think that most of the time it's like, yeah, we'll fight through this. But when you get something like this to this degree, it, it could cause a lot of devastation. And I already have had a couple of friends whose family homes have been completely wiped out by this storm. So, uh, this is nothing to be fucking around with. This is a bad one this time. And I think it's going to cause a lot of destruction. As Max mentioned earlier, Katrina, I mean, we remember the people of Louisiana. They're still technically recovering in some spots. Yeah. So there's some never will recover, right? So it's to that degree um, of a natural disaster that, you know, you get so used to these ones and two hurricane and hurricane season that when something like this comes and you're just expecting the minimum – uh, it's going to cause a lot of problems. So personally, I don't know, man. I'm glad that I live here in Colorado, 5280. I don't have to worry about hurricanes up here in the mountains and at this altitude. But uh, that's what I got. There's fucking sharks in the street swimming around. I'm out of my house. I'm not staying there. Now, you got these elderly people. I mean, we're in Florida, so I get it. You got a lot of elderly. They love their home. It's maybe difficult for them to travel. I get that part of it. Maybe they have a three-story home. Most of them do where they think they can, you know, spend, you know, a couple of days in their second or third floor. But I'm out. I'm and When I see sharks in the street swimming around, what, what else do you need to see? Get out of there. Like, that's no. <laughs> Bro, imagine, you know, you just boarded up your three-story house, you're ready for the storm, and all of a sudden, a fucking nine-foot bull shark comes crashing through your window, bro, into your house. Like, how do what? Dead, bro. Yeah, you're bro. I'm not taking that chance. I'm with Max. I'm getting the fuck out of No, dude, it's from a safety standpoint. Okay, one, okay, I hate to say it, I'd never fucking live in Florida. Like, I just couldn't. Uh, I can't deal with the weather. I don't know what it I'll is. I'll do it for golf. That's the only re- I'd go there and live for golf. That's what I, I, would. I Jupiter, Florida. I still, I still couldn't. But but anyway, so I'd never be there. But secondly, dude, like, like oh, yeah, we're just going to board up. And we're just going like, to hold out. Like, if I have a family, are you fucking serious, Joe Schmo? Get your ass in the car, dude. Like, like this is 150 mile an hour. There ain't a goddamn thing you're going to do, dude. Being in your house when 150 mile an hour winds are fucking riffling through your neighborhood. All right. That's, I'm agreeing. I'm getting the fuck out of there. Um, this is crazy. We'll be keeping updates on this. I actually got an update while we were fucking talking about this, which is kind of crazy. Um, but as of 2 a.m., um the storm has been weakened to a category two and is on the way to a category one with around 75 mile an hour winds so it seems like the worst is over and they will assess the damage tomorrow but apparently there's like a million people or so without uh electricity so well prayers for them yeah that's gonna be the tough one so uh but obviously um like I said, we were going to talk about markets and do some crazy stuff about some natural gas and fertilizers, but that's going to be a different pod. Um, we'll dive into that a little bit uh, later when we have a little bit more time. But I know we never like to end this pod on like a down, you know, a Debbie Downer note. So 
Obviously, prayers to everyone there. We hope this recovery time is great. But let's talk something a little bit more uplifting. And I know all of us are hoping for this one day that, you know, we're talking about fucking us hitting in the butt slips. But this is segment four, Gen time. And this is the best bet slips from this past week, bro. And we got some fucking doozies, dude. I, luckily for me, dude, I had a net of negative 40 some dollars, I think. So that was awesome to, you know, think about. And then read some of these crazy slips, bro. Let me give you the first one. We got a 10-leg same-game parlay. This was Giants versus Cowboys. $50 to hit 5,550, boys. This is what the CD touchdown tied on to it. I don't know if he had Saquon in there as well, but he, I mean, 10 legs, it's, it's, that's big, you know? Like, yeah, bro. I can't say I've ever put 50 down on an SGP, right? Especially the way those odds are playing out. You got to be one confident motherfucker or have one hell of a unit size uh, for a 10 leg $50. But hey, hats off to him, man. That's, uh, you can do a lot with that money. Shit, dude. Um, yeah, move the decimal over a couple. I'll do fifty cents. That's what I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna be betting. Fifty cents to hit five thousand five hundred. Well, dude, this wasn't the only bet. So I pulled a couple of bet slips from this past week. Um, I pulled these all from BR betting. Um, you guys can go verify these. Um, a lot of times I'll post like a lot of like funny commentary with the bets or whatnot. But I got three bets from this game, the Cowboys Giants game, actually. Um, the second one. A dollar, this might be a little more up your alley, Max. A dollar, okay, to hit a nice seven ninety-five. All right. And this was the same game probably. I believe this was seven legs. So a dollar for seven legs. He called both touchdown scores um with Saquon and C D. Um and then I think he hit with like Cooper Rush's over at positive. So like he definitely mixed and matched for this last one, but a dollar to make almost eight hundred bucks, bro. Like, I like that. That's more up my alley. See, I, I think that, and that's not a bad bet either. I mean, that's what, to be honest, that's exactly the type of legs that I'm doing weekly is I'm betting on who's going to score the touchdowns, what's the over of yardage. And I also like to dabble in there, maybe who's going to score the first touchdown. I also like to throw that one in, but uh, no, that, that, that that's me right there. You could have copied that bet from me. I like that. Okay, Bradbury. Max is, Max is saying next week that one's me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's <laughs> like, you're gonna be put me down. About... Maybe even a tour. I'll put a little two dollars on. It. Yeah. yeah, get us into the thousands there. I'm loving yeah. that. Really up in that unit size, right there. <laughs> nah, yeah. I lay mean, my hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. I mean, that's great. One dollar. Right, like you can mix and match a lot of different combinations with ten bucks, right? You got like you get ten same game parlays, fucking doing that. Come on, that's that's some great odds to increase your uh, bankroll. But I'm more curious about this motherfucking second guy, right? He put first touchdown scorer. Um, I'm believing Saquon, and then it yeah. was Zeke, Zeke for the second score. Hey man, yeah. that's a super viable bet. You know, you bet on each team's running backs to punch it in first like come on bro like no but it had to be in that order though they yeah, that's a little bit first, you know yeah but i mean come on bet it the other way bet you know bet bet it yeah. both ways for five bucks like do you know how much uh he put uh, so 50 to win 2100 yep 
I mean, I'm sure that that's the same way if you put Zeke first, Saquon yeah, second, yeah, et cetera. I'm, sure like, I'm loving that, bro. I might be tailing some of that in the future here with uh, some and running dude, backs. Dude, what's kind of funny is these are FanDuel like, built-in parlays, like the combo parlays. So, like, a lot of times these are already, like, with the max odds and everything like that. So, people can – usually you're capped at a max wager for that. So, like, I, like oftentimes you and I are capped to 50 or 100 or whatever. So, but, yeah, dude, fucking crazy. Hit Saquon first TD, Zeke second, 50 to win 2100. Dude, like, some of these seem, like, so easy. But then I'm just, like, I mean, that couldn't happen, you know? Like, <laughs> if they – Tony Pollard, in my opinion, could have easily had a touchdown too that game. You know what I mean? So I think it's up for debate. But, dude, we got to talk about the motherfucking whale that hit for this guy this past weekend, okay? He hit a six-leg $500 to make $45,000, bro. All NFL teams, all either a spread or money line. So, Yeah. 45k and one Sunday. Yeah, sounds a bit like me during hockey season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, but uh yeah, like it's a hefty bet, 500 for six legs. Um he's got to have some underdogs in there to get over 40k, right? I mean, well, he he called the uh um Colts. He called the Colts beating <laughs> the Chiefs, bro. So Of course was he in, did. Yeah, exactly. He's a fucking time traveler. Fucking cheater! I quit after that. Done. I'm not. I'm done betting. That that's it. I'd walk away. But I bet you, if this guy's putting up five hundred dollars, this Zane is first rodeo. You know, this man has been betting some heavy bets. So uh, good for him. But uh, quit while you're hot, uh, dude. It's gonna be me this weekend. I'm just <laughs> yeah, I'll be there with you. But you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the pod tonight. Max is retiring from degeneracy. He is done. <laughs> That's only if he hits a $45,000 bet off of $500. <laughs> I'll be, yeah, I'll be back after I get my nice commission check. I'll put down a nice 5K bet and see what it gives me. Yeah, there you go. Dude, I think what we really need to do is we just need to put our three brains together, choose max five teams. We try to be safe as possible, and we do something of like whale 100 to 150, and we just see what that nets is. Yeah, what? but then the fucking Chiefs lose to the Colts. I know. It's, it's I know. rigged. Know. Anything can happen, yeah. And we're all just going to be pissed at each other. But that's why we put three heads together, because you and I would have been like, bro, the Chiefs, and then Max would have been like, actually, I got Jonathan Taylor at the Colts, and then we would have been like, I have a copy uh, model coming in, throwing some passes, <laughs> give him a shot. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to I think we need to start getting some plus money jag bets coming from the way things are looking. Oh, I like it. I'm I'm with the bandwagon. He's with the bandwagon, dude. That's right. All right, degenerates. Well, that is wrapping up to the end of our fucking show. We appreciate you guys so much for tuning in as always. This has been a fun one. It's been a little bit of a long one, but uh it's honestly been great wrapping up week three NFL. Uh, we got a bunch more content coming your way. Um, but, dude, thank you guys so much for showing up tonight, especially to my co-host, Brad Barry, and obviously my special guest, Max. Dude, I, I definitely think we'll look to have you on the pod here more in the future for sure because uh, I know Brad Barry and I had a great time with this. 
Yeah. Thank yeah. you both for having me. And I'm, uh, yeah, more than happy to join again. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for putting this together. Yeah. I, I echo that. I love another fellow degenerates voice tuning in, giving his peace of mind of it. Uh, thought it was a great brander tonight. Uh, but yeah, that man, that's all I got. You can follow me. If you guys want more about me, Quentin, a tweets on Twitter, Quentin, a Bradbury on Instagram and, uh, Swagbury on Twitch. If you guys are about that. Yeah, go go follow Tossin' Salads on Twitch if you don't mind. Uh, stream some Warzone, and I toss a mean salad. So That's come and right. join us. That's right, he fucking does. And as always, you can follow me at McKayOffice on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow us, Degenerate Media Nation, at DTS Approved on Twitter and Instagram. We love you, Degenerates. Take care. We'll see you next week. Doses. Bye-bye.